Talking Sports with Evan, NFL Draft Edition of Talking Sports with Evan. I want to thank you all for who are going to be joining here from time to time for the show. Uh, welcome to join uh, in the conversation. If you're watching on Twitter, you can comment on the video or on Facebook. You can comment in the comment sections, and you're welcome to uh, to join in on the fun. And I'm going to be joined for uh, the show here today, uh, at least for a good chunk of it here, with... Uh, Emlyn Thomas, who's going to be giving his insight and his thought as well on the draft uh, and the picks as they come in. And we are just minutes away, nine minutes to be exact, before the J- uh, Jacksonville Jaguars for the second year in a row are on the clock. And the Jaguars last year didn't overthink it, got the pick in, got made the obvious choice in Trevor Lawrence based off last year's draft. What? This year, it looks like they're kind of overthinking it, and they may not get it right, which I'll go more into momentarily. But first, I want to say to you, Emlyn, thank you so much for coming on and spending the uh, draft, or at least a good chunk of the draft, with me. My pleasure to be here tonight. I, this is an exciting draft, and and as you mentioned, um, a little bit different than last year with no consensus number one pick, and uh, quite a few teams looking to move up, and a few looking uh, in that top ten to move down as well. I think it'll also be extremely interesting. We've got eight teams with multiple draft picks here in the first round. Yeah, and that's the first time that's ever happened. And I believe there's also eight teams with uh, no picks in the first round either. Because, you know, the Giants and the Jets both have multiple picks in the top ten. The Saints have multiple picks. The Eagles have multiple picks. And a lot of that has to do with uh, moves that were made last year. in order to get this done, I know the Bears, uh, one of these teams, uh, Houston has multiple, Packers have multiple, and I know Houston used, uh, not Houston, the Bears used uh, their first round pick to move up in order to get Justin Fields, hence why, um, I forget which team they traded with, but hence why that team has two and the Bears don't have any, and it's very interesting, there's not really any, so last year, there were a lot of, I would say a lot of studs in this draft, a lot of guys that are destined to be, you know, studs looking at the, the, the scouting reports, the film reading up on the guys this year. Yeah. This there's 32 picks in the first round, but I wouldn't say there's 32 first round prospects in this year's draft. Part of the reason why you have a lot of teams looking to move up and some teams looking to move back. You know, Carolina is looking to move back because with the sixth pick in the draft, there's no surefire guaranteed quarterback in this draft. I like Malik Willis and what he could become, but when you're the coach for the the Panthers, you're coaching for your job, and you can't have time to have a developmental quarterback. Um, the quarterback, by the time he's finally playing at the level you think he can play at, you're going to be looking for probably a coordinator job somewhere. Um, so Malik Willis... Yeah, or back in college. He'll meet Malik Willis is not an option for Carolina. There's Kenny Pickett, which could be the more pro-ready quarterback out of them all, but his ceiling's limited. 
And typically you see a lot of teams trying to move up into the top three, four, or five because they want a quarterback. And there just really isn't a quarterback in this year's draft that makes you want to do that. The one spot in the draft who uh, who could that what could particularly throw off this entire draft, this entire first round, is number two with Detroit. Detroit's penciled in uh, for most mock drafts to take either Ed Rusher, uh, Thibodeau from LSU, Travion Walker from Georgia, Adrian Hutchinson, Michigan. But if they decide they want to take Malik Willis because they don't think he's going to be there at 30, uh, 32, that could throw the draft off completely. And it might be getting really fun in that if that happens. <laughs> yeah, I think this year is interesting. When you realistically look at it, I think there's there's been a, a serious amount of quarterback movement with you see Russell Wilson getting traded. Um, and then you've you've got a situation where, quite frankly, none of the quarterbacks this year are as good projected as the two guys that will be coming out most likely next year. And yeah. the quarterback from Ohio State in uh, C.J. Stroud and then the quarterback – from Alabama and Bryce Young. So if you, as you said, if you're Carolina, are you going to reach at six? I, to me, if you're picking in the top 10, I want a guy that's ready to play now and has the potential, strong potential to be an all pro possible gold jacket wear. And I, you just don't have that many guys here. Steven Jones from the Cowboys earlier today was talking about it and said on their board, they've got 14 guys with a first round grade, which okay. is lower than normal. Now, not every team has a 32 uh, in terms of first round grades every year. And obviously they're not looking at quarterbacks with the financial commitment that they've made to Dak Prescott. But when you've got 14, that's less than half of the first round. You're going to see some teams moving up to get the guys they want, or in a, a class where they're kind of loaded and they're all kind of the same. Maybe we'll see a guy that'll blossom a, a second round draft pick of a quarterback, maybe a Sam Howell out of North Carolina that'll come out of this that'll end up being Derek Carr-esque, that will be a player that in the second round, like a, a Carr or a, a Drew Brees that exceeds his draft position and isn't a mistake with somebody reaching and putting a lot of pressure. Matt Rule, if Carolina goes quarterback, it tells you that that either he has something that is keeping him there and the, the owner is convinced that he is the answer or they're going to redshirt somebody like uh, Willis and uh, – and, rule will be gone next year and he's fighting for a job and then not have a first round draft pick come in and contribute right away would be extremely difficult sell yeah it definitely would um you know there's a few quarterbacks in this draft i like one's not going to be a first round pick and if he is the team's definitely messed up and that's carson strong i think he's a guy in the second third fourth round that could develop into a pretty solid nfl starter Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati is another guy. Like he's just, he just seems like a gamer to me. You know, you mentioned Dak Prescott. Um, when he first got drafted, there were a lot of people questioning that pick. He, you know, why are you taking Dak? He's probably not going to transition water the pros, but he came in and he worked his butt off to become the starter. Granted, it was helped by Romo getting hurt, which mm -hmm. was a common factor towards the end of Romo's career. But he took advantage of that, and he's been the starter ever since. I see Ritter kind of being that same guy. He's a he's a fighter. You know, he, he lost one game as uh, this most recent year in college. Cincinnati, uh, he you know he didn't play horrible in the in the playoff game against Alabama. He didn't light the world on fire, but who does against Alabama? 
mm-hmm. but he, he shows he has poise to me that I like. And Willis is the same way, but these guys, it's a, when you take a quarterback in the draft, it's all about where you are drafted. Rodgers, perfect. Going to Green Bay was absolutely perfect for him. He didn't have to, he had no pressure to go out there and perform immediately until about 2008 when, mm-hmm. yeah, when uh, Favre got moved to the Jets. But he could just sit, he could learn, he could develop. Uh, Peyton Manning, even though he struggled his rookie year, went to the perfect situation. If Peyton Manning goes number two to San Diego, what happens? We don't know. And to quarterback play, it's all about where you go. So uh, places like Pittsburgh, I would think would be a great spot for your picket, your uh, your Willis, your um, Riddler, uh, those guys. The Saints would be a great spot, even without Sean Payton. They still have a lot there, and th- neither of them would be pressured to start immediately because you got Mitch Trubisky and you got uh, Jameis Winston in both both those spots, mm-hmm. and you got a good foundation already there. Out, you know, quarterback outside of that, you know, there's going to be guys reaching on quarterback. You know, Christian Ponder for some reason was a first round pick. Uh, Jake Locker was for some reason a first round pick. His guys are going to reach on quarterback, hence why I'm kind of focusing on quarterbacks. But I can't remember the last time a quarterback did not go in the top 10. And there's a chance that we may not see a quarterback go until you have the the, the Saints and the um, and the Steelers on the board. Positions we're probably going to see a lot of between now and pick 22, and I'm specifying pick 22 being that's as of right now the Packers' first pick. Might be a trade, there might not be, I don't know. Uh, is wide receiver is going to be a position that a lot of guys could go. And mm-hmm. edge position is a uh, uh, place we could see a lot of guys to go. And I'm going to go in a minute here on keep guys that if the Packers stay put, who I would, wouldn't mind them drafting or I wouldn't mind them going up to go get. But jump to the Packers specifically here. Hence, I you know talk a lot about Wisconsin sports. Who are some guys that you would like to see the Packers leave with if they left with this guy at pick 22 that you would leave here happy tonight? Well, I think with the Packers, you really need to look at it as they've got 11 picks total. Yeah. So moving up, Mark Murphy uh, mentioned it earlier. He wouldn't be surprised to see Goot move up a little bit in the draft. And he has every year in the first round except for one last yeah. year. Yep. So you've got two in the first round. you got two in the second. So that's four picks in the top 60 right there. They've got 22, 28, 53, 59. And then you've got a third, their own. And then they've got an extra fourth round pick as well, too. So they've got two picks in the fourth round and then a fifth and three sevenths. Okay, putting just looking at those first seven picks, to me, I know they haven't been big on it, but you've got to come out of it with a wide receiver. I would almost argue that you've got to come out of it with two wide receivers. I don't know how much gas Randall Cobb has left in the tank. And I know that Matt LaFleur wants to run a three-wide offense. Who are you going to line up at this point? So I, I think that's the big question is, is for me, it's got to be two wide receivers. There are a couple of them that I, I'm interested in, and there's a couple that scare me to no end. Um, the I don't think they're going to get Garrett Wilson. I think he's going to be off the board from Ohio State. And I, don't I, think- I would be okay with yeah, and I'd be fine with him, but I don't know if it's worth trading up to get him to give up the capital when I think Chris Olave is almost a carbon copy of him. And I think he will be there in the 20s. I don't know if he'll be there at, at uh, 28, but I think he will be there at 22 for them. 
He's the same size, almost the same speed, and virtually the same production. You've got a difference of five catches between the two of them last year. And overall in their career, uh, Wilson actually has uh, over 30 catches less over the course of his career. So I, I think they're the, kind of the same player. One is very highly regarded. The other one, for whatever reason, is probably one of the best route runners, if not the best route runner in the this class. And I think he is an excellent choice for them. He is not the first wide receiver I would draft, though. That is Traylon Burks, who out of Arkansas. And, and there's a couple of reasons why I'm so high on him. His speed is not there. He's not a take-the-top-off kind of uh, guy. He's not going to blow past the defense. But neither was Devontae Adams. But he is six foot two and 225 pounds. And if there's anything that the Packers like, it's wide receivers that can help block. And they're wide receivers. You look at Alan Lazard, he's just a big old tight end at, at a certain point that can get in that line of scrimmage, that can come close to the tackle box and can get in there and block. So I think Trayvon Burks has an ability to block. I think he's he's got the size that they need in the red zone. And one of the things that I've, I've, I've been disappointed the Packers the past few years haven't done a lot of is they haven't run a lot of jet sweep. And that's something that is in that Sean McVay offense. You look at what Robert Woods was able to accomplish, but somebody like a Robert Woods or even a bigger player like a Debo Samuel put them into the Packers offense. Traylon Burks brings you that physicality. An another player that I think has it that would definitely be a second round pick that that would a little bit smaller. He's only 195 pounds, but he's five foot ten. And that's Sky Moore, the wide receiver out of Western Michigan. He is built like a running back, looks a little bit like a smaller version of Aaron Jones. And you put him in there at the slot, and you've got a guy that can that can give you some of that motion to help your offense go and to get your running game going, and then give you the jet sweep to get the ball on the outside. Is that important with Aaron Rodgers? A little bit. Does it become a lot more important three years down the road when maybe Aaron Rodgers isn't with the Packers anymore? Absolutely, because this is going to have to be a team that runs the ball exceptionally well should Rodgers not be the quarterback next year or the year after or the year after, whenever that time comes, whether it's Jordan Love or not. The other players that I think give them some interest that that in that second round or late first round could be possible, uh, a wide receiver out of USC, Drake London. I think he's going to go in the first round. He was invited to the uh, to the uh, draft uh, presentation tonight in Las Vegas. I've seen him as low as the third round, but he is six foot five and he's got a big frame on him. Uh, six four, six five, two hundred nineteen pounds again, and has been a productive player. Eighty eight catches last year over a thousand yards receiving with seven touchdowns. And it would give them that big physical receiver that they seem to enjoy. Uh, if they go smaller, a guy like John Menchie, the third out of Alabama. Uh, and then they've had a couple other guys that, that are possibilities later. The other one I, I think they've got to address, and I, I know Robert Tunyon's supposed to be coming back, but Troy McBride, a tight end of, out of Colorado state in the that'd second round one. would be a great pickup. Yeah. That'd be a really good one. Yeah. Will they get a top tackle? Probably not. But if somebody drops at 22, maybe you're looking at that, or maybe you're looking at jump a little bit. And and I think I say tackle versus offensive lineman because I think the Packers enjoy taking tackles and moving them inside to guard as opposed are, to drafting pure guards. You are right on with that because if you look at uh, John Runyon, played tackle in college, he's mm -hmm. a guard. Royce Newman, tackle, he's a guard. 
uh, Elton Jenkins played tackle. He's a guard. T.J. Lang was a tackle. He went to guard. Josh Sitton's another example of that. The Packers, even with a new coaching staff, new front office, they still love the versatility of taking in the middle rounds guys that play tackle in high in college that probably cannot play tackle in the pros and kicking them inside and going from there. And you mentioned Drake London. He's a guy as of right now that it's looking like the Packers would have to move up and get. Uh, I know the Jets have been high on him. Jets, same offense as Green Bay. They mm-hmm. love they like the physical receiver. They like they want the speed guy too. And that's why they were trying to get Tyree Kill. But they want that physical receiver that can block and kind of bully the defense, just like the Packers do. So I've seen Drake London going as high as the Jets in the top ten. I've seen mock drafts with him going to Atlanta. So he's one they may have to go up and get. I created a list, and it's six guys. If the Packers left, in, and I'm going not just today. I'm going today, tomorrow, Saturday. If they left with any of these guys, I would be happy with. The first two are going to be most likely first uh, rounders. Drake London, who you mentioned from USC, big guy, can catch well, good catch radius. He's played inside and outside. Um, Chris Olave, who you mentioned, I, he's the one I would like the Packers, if they decide to take a receiver in the first round, I would like them to go up and get. He's a guy that could play immediately, and you can, in the second or third round, you can take a my next guy on the list, a Chris, Kristen Watson or an Alec, uh, Alec Price or a Jalen Torbert, and you can slowly develop them along and give them some special plays and packages. But Olave, to me... He's a good route runner, good after the catch, very explosive, hard to tackle. I know his size isn't the best, but he's fast and he's explosive, and he would be a nice, can't really replace Devontae Adams, but he would be a nice, quote, replacement to Devontae Adams. Mm -hmm. Chris Watson, go ahead. He's he's pro-ready, and and I think he and Wilson are the same player. They're both six foot. They're both about 185 pounds. They're both in that. That uh, sub four four, they're four three eight four three nine. They ran at the combine. They're 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 kind of the same player. Yeah, I, they may have to go up to a sixteen or or somewhere in that range to get them. Um, you mentioned Christian Watson, man, he is on my list of players that scare me to no end. Uh, the, his lack That's of why I wouldn't take him at twenty two. No, <laughs> no, and I'll take him at twenty eight because he's a sec, to me is a second round prospect and it's close enough to the second round, you know. Well, I just Sorry, I cut you off. Watching him on tape, it, it just, you know, he's he ran a four six two. I know he's he's big. He's six four two oh eight, but he he's not sub four six. And and you've got a guy that had forty three catches last year for eight hundred yards with and I seven touchdowns. Great, but but he at North Dakota State, guys from small schools like that scare me in the first round because I am looking for players that have played in the SEC, that have played in the Big Ten, that have, have played against top-flight competition. He's not going up against corners from Alabama yeah. and Georgia. He's going against whoever's ever on North Dakota State schedule, and he didn't dominate. So he is one of those guys. There's there's five of them that I came out of it with that I think are, are boomer bust prospects. Trayvon Walker, who goes number one overall, I think is in that bunch too. But as you were saying, yeah, they, those are guys that – that the Packers could walk out with that you got to be very happy. Who else do you have on your list? Um, well, 
the rece- other receivers, I, as I mentioned, I have George Pickens as well. That's just the receiver position alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get your concern with Christian Watson, but the thing you got to take into to me, I take into account with him too, is he also played an offense where they hardly ever ran up uh, through the ball. They ran the ball a ton, so he had he didn't get as many opportunities to catch the ball as other guys would. And before I do jump to the the guys. I'm not expecting the Packers to take him in the first round. I'd be okay with them taking him at 28. But you look at there's one one non-power five player in Gutenkuh's term as Packers general manager in the first round that he took. Jair Alexander went to Louisville. Uh, Rashawn Gary, Michigan. Darnell Savage, um, Maryland. Power fives, power fives, power fives. Last year, Eric Stokes, Georgia. The one time he did not take a power five guy was Jordan Love. So if you're looking at what the Packers track record, and I hate to say this, um, and maybe they'll surprise, but your track record, and this isn't the part I hate to say, but it's likely going to be a power five conference guy. And it's likely going to be a position that they don't necessarily need, but they could use some help in. So like the edge position, they don't need an edge rusher to come in there day one and contribute immediately because they got Rashawn Gary and they got Preston Smith, but they could use a number three edge rusher. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing they don't tend to take is they don't take wide receivers in the first round, and they haven't done that since Javon Walker. And that that's and and Jacksonville is now on the clock um, officially, and they're probably you know this is where they're as I mentioned they're overthinking it because I've seen. Um, I've seen Walker mock to them recently when Hutchinson should be the no-brainer. Um, but safety's a position the Packers could use, and I wouldn't be surprised if they go there. Amos and Savage are uh, going into the last year of their contract, assuming the Packers don't pick up Savage's fifth-year option. So Hill out of Michigan, I think, could be a possibility. He could play safety or slot corner. Maybe mm-hmm. he could be what Darnell Savage hasn't been. If Kyle Hamilton has a far drop, which I've seen some places where he is dropping, and I've seen some places where he still goes top ten. If he's sitting there at twenty-two, I don't. I think you have to take him. Uh, but receiver, I would yeah. be fine with Burks. I like Burks. I was not a big fan of early on, but as I've gotten to get familiar with him, you know, watching his you know his film, reading up on him, the fact that he fits the Packers mold, as you said. So I figured I should really prepare myself for them taking him. So I really did my homework on him. And he's a guy that needs work in regards to running a full route tree, but he could be to the offense. What a, you know, Debo Samuel, who you have literally no chance at all in trading for, because the 49ers will not trade him to green Bay. You're getting a guy who can play that Debo Samuel role. He's not explosive um, in shorts, as Debo Samuel, but you watch him on film, he's got he's got football speed. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got good football speed. He's a guy that you can kind of play bully ball with, which I mentioned with Drake London. Um, they like that kind of bully ball a little bit. But I'm very curious if the Packers trade up, who do they take? Because every draft they've traded up except for one. Um, just a lot they can do. And you mentioned Walker. I kind of want to get your thoughts on you know, what, what is it about Walker? Because I'm not that high on, high on him either. And I know he played for a defense that had a lot of dominant players. But what is really your, your concerns and thoughts with Walker? 
it, it's the it's a concern that I have with, and they potentially have four first round draft picks from that defense in the Possibly first round. Five. Yeah. What are their and, other middle linebackers is getting uh, mocked to the Green Bay? Yeah. So there's none of them have great, none of them dominated. And at a certain point, and listen, I know it's the SEC and I know who they're going up against, but his to have that little production, when you're picking top five, I want a guy that's that's solid, that there's no character concerns, that there's no injury history as as much as can be done, and a guy that's been productive. And when you look at some of these guys, were his stats negatively impacted because he played inside too much and he's more of an edge guy? Is he really an edge guy at the next level? Does he have that sort of speed? Adrian Hutchinson, I don't. I think his floor is much higher. I think he's just a super productive player. I think he brings a lot more to the to the locker room. I think he is a winner. You look at a team like Jacksonville or a team like Detroit that doesn't have a history of winning, you need somebody that comes in that can be an alpha and that can be a stud in your locker and can set a tone that goes not only throughout the defense, but goes throughout the team when you're drafting that high. I don't know if Trayvon Walker is that, and I, I just don't know if he's a double-digit sack guy. You, you can't do that. It, it's it's like uh, Cleveland Farrell that uh, the Raiders drafted from Clemson at number four a couple of years ago, and he just – he had a sack and a half last year, and he's been passed by Max Crosby that they signed to a, a massive deal. And you look at it, and you can't pick at four or three or two or one and end up with a guy that's a guy or he's okay or he's solid or maybe he makes the Pro Bowl if there's a couple of injuries kind of guy. Yeah, I think you you need somebody that can be dominant, and, and that's where Walker scares me. Actually, all of the Georgia players, are they, are they just that good because – they're playing with a bunch of other really good players. That's what scares me about those guys. Yeah. And the the bench guy who I mentioned, who I've seen the Packers mock to recently at 28 is uh, Kwai Walker. He's linebacker. And again, Packers don't value linebacker position that well. So they're not going to take an off ball linebacker in the first round, but he's a guy who's not getting a lot of this hype that other, the other Georgia players are that I think could be the best player of them all. Um, Jordan Davis is concerning for the fact that is he, uh, you know, is he only a, a base defense, uh, defensive tackle? Because um, his athleticism that he displayed for a guy his size at the combine, for a guy any size at the combine, it doesn't really match what you see on the film. Um, he tested really well. Can he translate that uh, testing to the, the, the NFL field? I don't know. But Daxton Hill is this uh, D-back that I mentioned that I like. Mm -hmm. uh, George, uh, I I'm going to try to pronounce his last name, but Carl uh mm -hmm. guy from Purdue, I like. Um, I like Chris Olave, who I mentioned. Drake London, I like. Uh, Jamison Williams, who Packers won't even have an opportunity to take unless they move up. He's a guy I like, and I would be okay with them taking as long as that's not all they do at the wide receiver position, because he's a guy that probably won't be ready until November, December. And mm -hmm. he's a guy that when he comes back for the playoffs could really do wonders for this team, uh, uh, depending on how quickly he comes back from that ACL. But he's a guy that's very NFL ready as well. But those are, you know, as I mentioned, those are our first round guys that I like. I like Nicobe D uh, Dean. Um, he's a guy that, uh, just because of his size, that's why he's late first, early second. 
And Jacksonville pick is in, and, you know, Goodell's coming to the, the podium. So let's see if they go smart and take Hutchinson or if they take the risk and take Walker. Probably could go on Twitter and uh, look early and get the, the pick early because there's always a big guy. Walker yeah. out of Georgia. And there should, be somebody, there should be somebody from Detroit sprinting to <laughs> the podium right now. To oh, yeah. And yeah. you know you know Detroit's loving it too because Hutchinson is a Michigan guy. He was born and raised in Michigan, went to the University of Michigan, and likely gonna play his NFL football at Michigan. And there's two guys in this draft to oh, me yeah. that are safe. Two yep. guys, well, there's a couple other guys, but the two main guys is Hutchinson, who you're talking about, and Evan Neal mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. Alabama. Those are two guys to me that are absolutely safe bets. You know what you're getting. They're going to, you can plug them in. And they're going to be very solid to great football players for the next 10 years. And yeah. there's a reason why bad teams stay bad. And it's, you know, you take a risk on a Walker who's 6'5", 272, pretty decent size, but does his athleticism translate to the NFL? That's going to be the question. Or is he a small defensive tackle? Yeah. And at 272, he's going to get eaten up. And, and you yeah, you can't, you to me in those first five picks you've got to get guys that are productive that are going to play and as you said that they're going to be there for a decade that that you just you write them in the lineup and you just forget about it and it's like okay and at a certain point there's there's probably Detroit's picks in already by the way yeah, <laughs> they're not waiting they didn't take long. <laughs> hey, get, the, get the number 97 jersey ready because that's gonna yeah. yeah that's the least surprising pick I think we'll have all night. Um, you know, the other guy you mentioned, uh, Carla Tiss from yeah, uh, Purdue, Purdue, the edge rusher. I think also there's a chance that Drake Jackson from SC, the edge rusher, might be able to slip into that bottom of the first round. And he might end up being a first round draft pick that might be there at 28 if the Packers like him enough. I think personally, I think the three positions the Packers have to come out of this draft with, they've got to come out with a wide receiver, if not two in the first couple of rounds here. Uh, I think you've got to come out with another, as you said, a, a, the third edge rusher, that sort of uh, Rashad Gary role that he now doesn't fill since he's in the starting lineup. The but guy, you could get another guy from Michigan who's probably not going to be ready for training camp, but middle of the season, uh, Jabba, Jabbo from Michigan, uh, edge guy, he could be a Rashad Gary clone, like athleticism-wise, yeah. he matches Gary. Yeah, if anything, I think before his injury, he was even more athletic. Yeah. And, and has a real high motor on him. Yeah, you're right. You, He's a guy that you could – he's a little dinged up after that uh, that tear in uh, in his Achilles at the yeah. uh, at his pro day, which is terrible. But it is what it is. And, yeah, he's, he's somebody that you could get third, fourth round that maybe was a first-round pick and might have been one of those guys that was a, a top 15 pick. These teams um, that have two first-round picks, though, especially late in the draft, like the Chiefs and Green Bay and the Saints, don't be surprised if one of those teams grab them because you got two first-round picks. You can mm-hmm. you can use one guy that's likely going to play immediately, and then you can use the other one on a guy you can not necessarily redshirt for the year. Jamison Williams is another guy like that, but he's another guy that you can uh, you know work and get him in your building, rehab him, get him ready to go, and uh, – you know, get him uh, mid-season ready and uh, on the field. And I didn't mean to cut you off there. 
No, and I, I think it's an important consideration. To me, the end of the first round is uh, a time where you can take a guy like that, or it makes sense that sort of the Teddy Bridgewater pick a quarterback at 32 kind of move because you get that extra yeah. fifth year on their contract. Versus the Ravens did it with uh, Lamar uh, Jackson. Jackson. I almost said Griffin. That wouldn't work. That yeah. Wouldn't but Hutchinson, as we both anticipated, went number two. Yes. And, you know, he's a guy, he's a big guy. Uh, played against top competition against some of the top tackles in the Big Ten, and you know he's a guy that brought it every week, and he's a guy who should be double-digit sack guy um, right out the gate for most of his career. He's athletic, well, and, he's quick off he the is. ball, great hands, and Detroit got a good football player there. Hopefully, yeah. they don't just, uh, ruin him though. No, like they no, do I, everything else. <laughs> they, they, well, they have they have had some interesting fortunes. Yeah, as of late, and and you're you're right. It, it's a it's a case where Green Bay's got to be looking at their division, saying who's going to be any good this year. Yeah. The Lions were three and fourteen last year, and I know some of their games were close, and I know they they played Baltimore really close in the first half, and they played uh, they played the Rams close in the first half. But I don't have any faith that that Dan Campbell can can get them to where they need to be. And part of it is is he doesn't have a good offensive coordinator. And he, he sacked his guy last year, and now it was a kind of a co-thing where he was calling some of the plays and their tight ends coach was calling plays. I just – I get very nervous when a coach isn't like a Matt LaFleur where he's an offensive coordinator or, or a, a guy that's that's been a defensive coordinator that comes in. When you're a, a special teams coach like a, a Harbaugh or a Joe Judge was, your coordinators become even that much more important yeah. on both sides of the ball. I, I don't see Detroit – they're they're years away, and they're a bad team. They got some stuff to work with, and I think Hutchinson is a great first step on defense. And they they almost had a red shirt with their their corner from uh, last year that was injured out of Ohio State. So it's like getting a second first rounder there. And I know they have one down at thirty two, but they've got to be looking at just getting more guys in that building that can actually play. Yeah, and I'm glad they're not like. So I mentioned that. The number two pick is going to be a huge question, you know, flag on how that first round could go because they could have obviously went with um, a guy like Malik Willis, who who has a lot of potential, but he's not ready to start. But you want to take quarterbacks early before other teams do. And that would have been a domino effect with the other quarterbacks. But they went the safe route, thankfully. You know, as I, I commented a couple of years ago on a, a, I went a bit of a rant on one of my shows that I did about bad teams stay bad for a reason. It was after Urban Meyer got hired um, in uh, Jacksonville. And I'm not a big Dan Campbell guy. I think the, I think they have a very low ceiling with Dan Campbell and a really low floor. I think they're maybe a 500 team with Campbell. He's going to get them ready to play each and every week. They're going to play hard for him, but they're not going to, for concerns you mentioned, unless he hires that right guy to run the offense, to be that coordinator, he's not going to be a guy that's going to be coaching playoffs and uh, deep playoff runs and Super Bowls. He, and his style does not last long in the NFL, the rah, 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 bite off your kneecaps, bite off your other one kind of thing. That's good. Great for college. I think he could, once he's done in Detroit in two to three years, um, as they go a different direction, maybe even after this year, if they don't, if they don't do well, or don't show much improvement, He'll be a great college coach. I think he'll get, you know, do a great job of getting college kids in there. You you're getting new kids each and every year. 
his uh, his style is not going to wear wear thin on people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and getting Anthony Lynn as, as his offensive coordinator, I thought was a mistake when he hired him. He's never been a productive offensive coordinator and didn't really develop in in uh, San and uh, I'm sorry in Los Angeles with the Chargers and. He ended up losing him after a year. And I think if you get a good coordinator in there, you're going to lose him very quickly with everybody rushing to get the next Sean McVay. And and you look at a Zach Taylor or you look at Matt LaFleur, who was an offensive coordinator for in name with the Rams for a year, then went and play called for uh, Tennessee for a year. And what happened to Vrabel? He lost him there again. And Vrabel's a defensive guy and he's on his fourth offensive coordinator now in Tennessee yeah, and Todd Fair, Downing. But yeah. Yeah. Todd Downing. Good. You know, losing well, Arthur Smith, it showed last year and, and yes, losing Derrick Henry was a big part of it, but, but having a good coaching staff is really important for developing these guys. And, and truthfully, we look at these quarterbacks and, and where they're going to go in the first round. And this could be a 97 where one guy goes with Jim Druckenmiller at the end of the draft or a, and EJ Manuel to the Buffalo where just one guy goes and, and they're overdrafted as it is, but maybe somebody goes to the saints that they like and they can develop them. And they've kept the offensive staff intact in there quite a bit. Pete Carmichael's still the offensive coordinator that was there under Sean Payton. So not a big Dennis Allen fan though. I think that was a mistake. He's a failed coach. And uh, I was it Arizona or no, he's with the Raiders. The Raiders, yeah. Sorry, yeah. I knew it was somewhere out west. Um, failed coach there, and he just didn't do much for me wow. during his time uh, with the Raiders. And wow. eh, I'm not surprised at this. Um, there's a lot of a lot of um, a lot of uh, talk about him going to LSU. Derek Stingley Jr. I mean, not going to LSU, going to Houston, out of LSU, and Houston needs help across the board on both sides of the ball. It's funny. Pro, uh, pro football focus, you can do a mock draft simulator. And for their team in particular, for team needs, they have every position. I, I don't, yes. I can't remember the last time I've seen that. And, you know, the, the defense that tech Houston's going to be playing under Lovey Smith, the cover two, you know, Tampa two, you need a corner like Stingley who can shut down the other side. And he had a great freshman year and then injuries really slowed him down is he more of the guy you saw freshman year, which is the highlights ESPN showing right now in 2019, mm-hmm. where he was a shutdown guy? Or was he the guy who we saw struggle with injuries most recently? I think Singley is a guy who, if he's healthy, he's going to be the guy we saw his freshman year. He doesn't have the long arms uh, that some uh, people covet at the position, but he's a, he's a, a baller, and he's going to uh, – give some good effort to fight for the football. Yeah. This is the part of the draft that always fascinates me. I just, I've always said, I would love to be in, in somebody's draft room. That's good at it. I'd love to be in a bill Belichick's draft room and see if guys like Stigley are even on the board. I, to me, I look at him and, and you're right. 2019, which was three years ago, he was a great player. Amazing at LSU at top level competition you're drafting third. If he's not fitted for a gold jacket, this is a bust. And this is a guy that he, he had a list Frank fracture and he's coming off that. He's a guy that I don't know that is healthy. And when you start talking about a foot injury like that at corner, which is all about speed, I, I just, wow, I'm, I'm stunned. I don't know that I, he is one of the five guys that I had 
that have such huge question marks. I don't know that I could draft them in good conscience in the first round. And and to have him go third, I'm sure that's uh, I'm sure the Jets are happy about it because now they've got pretty much their pick of of offensive tackles. Which well, I think they can go offensive tackle, or I've seen Sauce Gardner um, as a guy they're targeting yeah. from Cincinnati, who probably would have been the safer pick for the Texans. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, Houston LSU connection, you know, probably. Probably, you know, probably, I guess, works out for them, I guess. Um, but I've seen him, I've seen uh, Gardner mock there. I've seen them interested in receivers. So maybe mm-hmm. this is the first time we see a receiver off the board. I wouldn't be surprised if we see uh, one of the Alabama receivers taken here. The Jets aren't going to compete for anything in 2022. So bring in a Williamson or a, um, can't think of the other guy's name. Uh, the other receiver from Bama. Oh, John Menchie, the third. Menchie, yeah, uh, bring in one of those guys and pretty much have a redshirt year. Or they mm-hmm. can go offensive tackle, like you said, give uh, their quarterback some more protection up front. Yeah, or I think you you've, can, got to, you've got to you surround – uh, Or you can go edge rusher. Yeah, the, I think the Jets, if, if I'm them, you've got a, a defensive genius in, in their head coach. Okay, you, you've got to put some weapons around Zach Wilson and you've got to figure out, is he really a guy that is going to be it? I know you spent the, the number two pick on him, but – here you are drafting third again. You've got two picks in the top thirteen. They're at, they're at. Uh, I'm sorry, two picks in the top ten, and you you've got an opportunity to put some weapons around him. One, you got to. I think you got to keep your quarterback upright so you don't end up with a David Carr situation like the Texans had years ago, where he got sacked seventy six times in a single season and gets gun shy. So I, I think you've got to you've got to get somebody. And I it, you saw with the Bengals they. They had the chance last year to get a tackle, and they got Chase, which turned out phenomenal for them. But in the offseason, they just opened up Mike Brown's checkbook and went out and got a bunch of offensive linemen because they need to keep Burrow upright. Yeah. Yeah, if they had better protection in the Super Bowl, they likely went beat the Rams. Uh, mm-hmm. The biggest issue was in the first half, they did a good job protecting uh, Burrow, and the game plan was let's get the ball all quick. In the second half, the Rams figured out what they were doing, so they were starting to bring the pressure up the middle, which quarterbacks don't like. And Aaron Donald took over, and that Von Miller had a good game. Mm-hmm. And the rest, as they say, is history. And Donald, if he gets at least one more sack in that game, my prediction of him being Super Bowl MVP is probably correct because yeah. he took over that game in the second half. And Aaron Donald is a complete freak of nature. And I don't know if you're ever going to find another player like uh, an Aaron Donald ever again. Um, but guys that could go here, Thibodeau from Georgia, uh, Oregon, Evan Neal from Bama. Um, those are two guys, names to keep an eye on here. I mentioned uh, uh, Ahmad Gardner is his uh, full name, but, you know, Sauce mm-hmm. is his nickname. Mm-hmm. And then Charles Cross, who, uh, if he's there when the Giants are on the board, that's got a guy that the Giants are probably going to sprint to the, the podium to name. And the Giants are next. Yes, so and, and both have picks in the top ten. Yeah, and I got to think with those second picks, if there isn't somebody that you're in love with, that there may be some chances for them to trade back, pick up more picks. If somebody is is really in love with, if a Sauce Gardner keeps dropping and and you feel like I need a corner, like there's a drop off between him and the next. So we'll see who the Jets turn in now. 
And if the Jets want a guy who's just playing nasty and is going to kick people's asses, then Akeem Ikwanu from NC State's a good a route to go too. He's a guy that's just nasty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. There's a disposition that that uh, is there. I, I got to think they've got to go with Evan Neal there. I mean, it's six seven three thirty seven. I don't know how you pass up a guy like that that you can just put in there and protect your quarterback for that's years to come. A Jet fan on camera holding up a hand with a Super Bowl ring. I'm surprised he has one from the 1960s. <laughs> I don't know what one you have on for your TV. I have ESPN on, and they had uh, some fan waving his hand with a Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah, I just saw it. Yeah, I put ESPN on. <laughs> yeah, this is this is an interesting draft, seeing it in Las Vegas for the first time. Yeah. Last and, year it was Cleveland, which they, Cleveland did a really good job putting it on. I think Nashville is probably my favorite since they started moving the drafts around because I might be biased, but I love the city of Nashville. Philly was a fun city, especially uh, uh, Dallas was fun too. And it is Gardner, as I expected. So, because the Jets are another team that just need help across the board. Yeah. They need help at tackle. They need help at D line. They need help at edge. They need help at corner. Uh, You name it, they need help with. So, great pick here, Gardner. Get some, you know, it's a passing league. You're going up against Stephon Diggs twice a year. You're going up against the Patriots twice a year. You're going up against Tyree Kill twice a year. And uh, the receiver the Dolphins took uh, last year um, out, of, out of Bama. You're going mm-hmm. up against those guys twice a year. It's better to, you know, stack up on the corners a little bit. You're going to yeah. have. Yeah, with J- Jalen Waddle and, uh, yeah. and uh, Tyree Kill in your division from the Dolphins, which I. Still can't believe the Dolphins overpaid, I think, for Tyreek Hill. Oh, yeah, they did. The, both what they gave up to get him and then the contract. Yeah, I mean, $72 million guaranteed, four years, $120 million for a guy that's, what, 28 Kevin, years old? Kevin King shut Tyreek Hill down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I hate yeah. to say it. And Tyreek Hill's a baller. Like, yeah. But and, and- he's a speed guy. When you take away his ability to just run down the field unopposed or – whatever Kevin King did a great job on him you know mm-hmm. Kevin King has his moments he did a great job on him and he was able to shut down Tyreek Hill Tyreek Hill very limited route runner who's going to beat you with the speed and athleticism and those are the type of guys that Kevin King played well against is guys that like an Adam Thielen is going to eat Kevin King for lunch because Thielen is a great route runner Jefferson great route runner same thing would happen but a guy like Tyreek doesn't run great routes uh, he's a bubble screen and a and a nine route guy, and at some yeah. point that's gonna he's gonna slow, and he's he's getting older now. He's been in the league for a number of years. I, God bless to uh, yeah. eight Kansas for thirty City. longest reception of thirteen yards as a targeted defender last year. That is damn good. And he yeah. he went up against Alabama in the uh, in the college mm-hmm. football playoff, and he did a damn good job there too. Yeah, this well, is I, like I think this is a better pick than the pick for the Texans did with Stingley yeah. Jr. He just oh, it's yes. safer and he's his length too. He's six foot three and he's got long arms. And you, you've got a guy that, that just doesn't have a whole lot of warts on him that can just yeah. come in and play and you can just circle that and you, you the, the ability to take out another receiver from the other team is is just huge for them. Yeah, and now- the Jets need help everywhere. Yeah, and the Giants on the clock now are another team that need a lot of help all over the place. They did not pick up uh, Daniel Jones' fifth-year option. Jacon Barkley has been a disappointment, uh, injury-prone. Mm-hmm. 
And offensive line has been a big reason for that because you could be the best running back in the world. You know, if you're playing against a crap offensive line, you're not going to be that good and you're going to get beat up a lot. And that's what happened to Barkley. He's been beat up quite a bit. The Giants. This is is not the 80s anymore. I mean, this is a, a running backs. I mean, look at Aaron Jones, a fifth round draft pick. Like you yeah. can just load up with those guys, and yeah. and, I, and with a seventeen game season now, and and truthfully, if you want to be in the playoffs, you're talking about twenty games that you're going to have to play. Barkley can't be healthy for that long, and with, no. with his knees getting hurt, it, it's it's a luxury. And I think the I think he was on the block this off season, but truthfully, who are you going to get to take him? He's got a big contract, and. Well, and it was rumor, but I don't really believe the Giants were going to move him. To be honest, it's kind of like the well, uh, uh, Waller rumors in uh, Las Vegas of uh, him being on the block. I, I just don't see it happening. No, no, that it, it would. It's not going to happen, and certainly it's not going to happen to the Packers because they just they're not that dumb no. to give up that much for Waller. And and the only concern I would have with Waller is is um, sort of that. Uh, the player from uh, there was a, a baseball player that came up with Cincinnati that had some substance abuse problems, and I know Waller's been great with it, but you always worry oh, that Josh Hamilton. Yeah, Josh Hamilton, and and he his career Cincinnati traded him the Rangers because they were just concerned he'd done some damage to his body when he was in his party mode. And I don't think Waller was quite that bad. I, I don't know personally, but uh, from the reports I've read, it, it didn't seem like it was that yeah. that he was as bad as Josh Hamilton, who's still struggling, but. Waller was hurt a lot last year, too. He was hurt a lot last year, and you just wonder, once it starts, does that, you know, young guys don't get hurt as much. And as you get older, does it it start to – that's the only reason I can see the Raiders trading him. But yeah. right, right now they've got Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, and, and Darren Waller. And Derek then Jacob's got, the running back. Yeah, and Derek Carr's just got to be happy as all get out. Yeah, Derek Carr would be a little mad if they moved, uh, moved yes. Waller on him. So the Giants pick is in. I'm guessing offensive linemen here. Yep. Uh, I know they're really high. Charles Cross, uh, he's more likely a right tackle in the NFL. Um, he uh, 44 pressure pressure on 574 uh, snaps in 2002. Gave up 16 pressures on 719 snaps in 2021 on passing downs. Great pass blocker. Running game. Mississippi didn't. Uh, Mississippi State didn't run the ball. Uh, pass the or uh, run the ball very much. They threw the crap out of the football. So that would be his one big potential issue. But I know the Giants are really high on him. But you could also see Quan Yu or Evan Neal also taken here. And the pick is about to be announced by Mr. Goodell, who I still don't think a lot of the fans realize understand why they boo him. I think it's just become so common to boo him that that's just what people do now. They don't know the, the why anymore. I don't even, I can't even remember why they, they boo. I'm not a big Goodell fan. Uh, uh, Troy, who's going to be joining us later on, and I spent many conversations calling him Roger Goddell because he tends to be the judge, jury, and executioner of the NFL in regards to everything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's not really likable guy, but... Yeah, I still I don't think a lot of the fans really understand anymore why they actually boo him. <laughs> no, and, and and he's moved away from a little bit of that judge, jury, yeah. and executioner role, and and I think that would help him a little bit. But but he's not a, a super charismatic guy, and and uh, yeah, yeah, I love him because he makes him a lot of money. Well, and, that, and that's who he works for. He works for the yeah. thirty-two owners. So 
So yeah, that's it's just what you want and need. So they're going to announce their pick. The Giants with a new coaching staff this year and front new office, new GM out of Buffalo. Yeah, and their coordinators also out of Buffalo. Yeah, Brian DeBall comes in and and okay, this does not surprise me. Kayvon Thibodeau out of Oregon. Okay, he's the best guy on the board. You know. Yeah, and he's at a one guy time, that high. You know, he's got a high ceiling, high floor, but he's a guy that comes with question marks for the fact that. Does he is he going to be a guy that's going to give maximum effort every single play? I know his effort is one that has been brought into question. Yes, and and a little bit injury prone. He was hurt this yeah. last year. At one point, was was in a lot of conversations early. I think he was the guy that uh, that many people were picking to go number one overall. Certainly before the season, that was the big deal, and and a lot of that. Although there were also conversations about Spencer Rattler from Oklahoma being the number one overall pick. But but this is this is man, it's, he's got a high ceiling. It's just can you get him? And and you've got time. This is not a team that's going to compete for anything for a couple of years. He's, he's gotta, a guy that can take over if he's motivated. He can take over a game. He yeah. took over games at Oregon. They're showing highlights for him here. Quick off the ball. Uh, if he goes up against an offensive tackle that's more of a power guy, he's going to blow right past him. If he goes up against a tackle that's more of a finesse guy. He's going to have the strength to go get him. And the guy he's been compared to a lot uh, in regards to what he could bring you is another guy who's injury prone in Javion Clowney. Clowney's another guy that can't really fi- can't really seem to find a long-term home. So the question is, if he is, yeah, he's got some traits and qualities of Clowney as a player, but is he going to become another Clowney where he can't really find a home? Or is he going to... Uh, dominate for the Giants up front. And the Giants are a team that won two Super Bowls with a pass rush that got after the quarterback. And they know how important that's how they're able to beat Tom Brady. They know how important that pass rush is. And not surprised that the Bills, uh, former G- uh, assistant GM, is uh, building up the team uh, strong up front. And now he's no. trying to do a strange handshake with Thibodeau. Yeah. <laughs> bizarre. He looked very dorky doing it, too. Yeah, and, and, and you're right. I think I think this is a case of it's not going to be a year where they compete. I don't think they win the NFC East. I don't know that they're a 500 team, and it's just let's start East building. It's wide open, to be honest, because uh, the Cowboys are going to be that good. And uh, you, you got a lame duck coach in McCarthy who is likely going to be fired unless he, they win the Super Bowl, and even then Jerry Jones might fire him because guess what? Sean Payton's available. Yeah. And then the Eagles. Or, as crazy as Jerry Jones is, it might be Kellen Moore. He's he's obsessed with, with yeah, the youngsters. but he still regrets letting Sean Payton leave the leave the building. Yes, like he's still kicking himself for keeping Parcells around long long as long as he did, allowing Payton to leave. Mm-hmm. And um, he tried to get Payton before, and that was next when Payton said no and decided to stay in New Orleans when they were going to trade for him. So, yeah, I think a year off for Payton to recharge his batteries makes McCarthy a a very dangerous situation for him. Yeah, and then McCarthy is just not the same coach he once was when he first came to Green Bay, when he was that quarterback wish a whisperer, uh, fixed a lot of the mechanics with Rodgers, which a lot of that actually could have been Tom Clemens that did a lot of that uh, fixing of Rodgers too. Mm-hmm. Um, he well, and not, I, he, he's he, a little McCarthy's. Over, a little, sorry, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, please go ahead. He, he overcorrected himself a little bit too much this year and relying to me too much on the analytics stuff, where at Green Bay, he would never do the analytics stuff. 
Yeah, I, I think you're right. And I, at a certain point, a guy like McCarthy or a guy like Lovey Smith, you look at them and you think, has, has the game passed him by a little bit? You know, the McCarthy's a West Coast offense kind of guy. The game isn't West Coast anymore. And, and Lovey Smith with his Tampa two, has it moved beyond? I, I think back to Al Davis with the Raiders. And, and the, one of the things I admired most about him was Al Davis believed that a coach should coach for no more than 10 years. And he no watch was a big guy that believed that too. Yeah. And, and he fired John Madden. He, he got rid of him. Who's a, a Super Bowl winning coach. And you look at McCarthy and you look back at his record and you go, Hey, coach 13 years. Maybe we should have moved on it after 10. You just, the voice in the locker room. I, I, I don't know why these guys want to do it for that long that you don't want to recharge and, and get a chance to do it all over again. But it's one of those Tomlin, weird quirky stats. Tomlin, Tomlin, Peyton, and Belichick. I know and Peyton just left. But Tomlin, Peyton, and Belichick are your outliers. They're not the norm. They're just not. But, but <laughs> Peyton and Tomlin haven't won past the 10-year mark. No. They haven't, well, they've won. They've been in the playoffs. They've had good runs. But they haven't been in the – they haven't won a Super Bowl. And really, you could almost make an argument that Belichick – has two careers there, much like Brady did. If you look at it, there's a there's the first sort of when they won three out of four with Belichick, and then the second ten years that he's had there. But yeah, they are insane. Got about a third career to. now in uh, New England minus uh, Brady though too. Minus Brady, yeah. And, and, and I like to hear and admit that I was wrong. I didn't think Max Jones uh, was going to be a uh, Mac Jones was going to be a, a good NFL quarterback and. Year one, he surprised me. We'll see if he continues that in year two. Yeah, it's it'll be interesting. And, and you've going to, I think next year, you'll have four Alabama quarterbacks in the NFL. Tua, you've got Jalen Hurts, you've got Mac Jones, and you'll Bryce Young will, if he comes out, which I would assume he will, will undoubtedly be a, a top five pick. How so has you, the NFL changed, though, recently? You think about it. There was, and I don't mean to cut you off. I apologize, but there was a day when quarterbacks like Jalen Hurts, quarterback like uh, a young, who teams wouldn't even look twice at to play quarterback in the NFL, just for the fact of their size. Like they're not big guys, especially Bryce Young. He's not a big guy. Well, the, way I, the NFL has changed recently. That's the way quarterbacks are starting to go. And there's a lot of quarterbacks in this year's draft that are small. And you mentioned the guy from North Carolina. He's a small guy, but he's probably going to be a starting quarterback in this league mm-hmm. in the next couple of years. Yeah, and and even Willis is is what six foot tall. Yeah, yeah I think I, I think the NFL. The, the thing that always scares me is is it's a copycat league, and you get somebody where everybody's looking for the next Sean McVay, or everybody's looking for the next Patrick Mahomes, and you get some guys that they go, well, that could be the next Patrick Mahomes behind center, and. And they're not. I, I personally, I, I like the Bill Parcells uh, grading scale he came up with for quarterbacks that he wanted them to be a certain height, a certain weight. And he wanted them to be college graduates and he wanted them to have a certain winning percentage. And he wanted them to have started a certain number of games. And you get when you look at quarterbacks, especially when Parcells was in the game heavily, that didn't fit that. You had guys that were overdrafted or guys that people thought were going to be something. But you, you get I get scared when I see one year starters. Uh, Mitch Trubisky, he, he'd only started one year in college and couldn't beat out a guy that didn't make the Packers practice squad that year when he came out that was a year ahead of him. So you get some of these little guys, and I just – Matt Corral from uh, 
from uh, Ole, Ole Miss. Miss. Yeah, he, Ole Miss. Yeah, is is he big enough? And and that, at a certain point, when you see that six foot four, two hundred and twenty pound guy, Mac Jones was third string for a while. It was Jalen Hurts, Tua, and Mac Jones at Alabama. I think he'll be the guy with the longest staying power. One because he's in New yeah. England and they'll put a, a stuff around him. But I don't I don't know if Philadelphia is sold on Hurts. Now this nope. is interesting. Does Carolina pick somebody for the future, or do they pick somebody to help save Matt Rule's job this year? Yeah, offensive line would be a position that's potentially taken here. Your cross, your Neo. Yeah, you've got some of those we'll guys dropping. Econ you. Keep him home, I guess. Yep. Econio it is, North Carolina State, which is great because Good. I like the, that. the Giants and the Jets have to be super happy because you've got Neil and Cross both dropping now. And even the yeah. kid out of uh, Penning out of Northern Iowa, I think is – I don't think he's top yeah. ten – but, but I, I think, think he'll be probably bottom half of the first round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you've got some guys. This is my thoughts on him. He's a big guy, but, you know, you talked about North Carolina, you know, North Dakota State. You know, that's where he played at. I know last year there was a kid from North Carolina State that late in the draft process, people started uh, putting him in the first round. He went third round. Mm-hmm. And, and he just – he looks a little heavy, but Penning's got some size. I think yeah. – I don't know that he's a tackle, but he could be a guard in the NFL. This guy's probably going to end up being a guard in the NFL, depending – I know Carolina has a left tackle issue, but mm-hmm. with his 6'4", and, and I know the height's not that important anymore in the NFL with tackles, especially as your quarterbacks are getting smaller. But kind of piggy – go back to what you're talking about with the quarterbacks. I think with the NFL and the way the NFL has become, where you can't really touch the quarterback at all, the size doesn't really matter anymore. You can get it like, you you know, Russell Wilson was ahead of his time at 5'11", um, would have been probably a top three pick in the NFL draft that year if he was 6'2", 6'3". But because he's 5'11", he fell to, I think, at the third round in Seattle. Third round in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyler Murray, he's a guy that can move around a bit. But, with the, again, you can't even breathe on a quarterback without penalty flag being thrown nowadays. Um, I think you, you could take a risk on these smaller guys because they're protected more as, than they were back in the Bill Parcells oh. day where he wanted quarterbacks to be you know, 6'4", 220 because you're going to get hit a lot. You need some uh, – some build on you to withstand those hits when the NFL today, you're not as a quarterback, you're not being hit that often anymore unless no, you, you bring it upon yourself. Yeah. Well, and some of them do. Kyler Murray does that. He'll take yeah. off. And I, I, I think that would be, that's my big concern with him. It's a big circle is, does he have the durability? There are not, a, as Steve Young has famously said, there are not a whole lot of old running quarterbacks. No. At some point you have to learn to protect yourself. I mean, that, that Robert Rogers has done that a ton. Yeah, Rogers has really learned to protect himself. Yeah, you don't. You just don't see him pulling a hamstring like he did that one year, knocking himself out. I was going to say the uh, hit against he took in Detroit the year they won the Super Bowl. He's been one that's been doing his best to avoid hits since after that. Yeah, why? Why take the extra extra yard and be out for the season? And and why be a Charlie Batch? (laughs) Yeah. Decided he wanted to dive head first and ended up hurting his was his neck or his upper back, yeah. one of the two. And he was never the same quarterback. He looked like a quarterback that could be a long term guy in the NFL mm-hmm. based off sample size. And he decided he wanted to dive head first and he 
learn the consequences of that. Yeah. Rich, Rich Gannon with the Raiders, same thing. Cured his neck, and then it was kind of over. And yeah. Yeah, you, you, other than Peyton Manning, not a lot of guys come back from neck injuries. Yeah, and then, well, Manning not being a running quarterback, I think, helped him a bit because he was already a statue in the pocket. So the Giants, mm-hmm. this is where you're probably going to see Neal or Cross yes. go. Yep. With get, they've got to get a board. Yeah. Although I'm I'm curious if Kyle Hamilton keeps dropping the safety out of Notre Dame. Yeah. Is this a spot where Green Bay could jump up to eh, 14 if he drops that far and grab him if he's still there? I mean, he's yeah. he's the best safety in this draft by far, and he's oh, yeah. a transformational player. And he can play, you know, he's a guy, you know, with the with the Packers like having small boxes. Um for those that are listening later on or watching like what the hell do i mean by a small box you have one one linebacker in the in the middle and you know campbell and you have a a safety kind of play that you know near the box um and hamilton is uh 64 220 he would definitely be a guy that you could uh you could put on the field and i know he didn't run the best at his pro day and people want to keep pointing to that but you go back to the florida state game he started on one side of the field, sprinted from one side of the field all the way to the far sideline and intercepted a pass. Mm-hmm. Like that's football speed right there. And, you know, I, I think people take too much into, as uh, I used to call it back uh, when I used to do my, my show with Troy, will be joining us at some point, the Underwear Olympics. It's great you can run fast there, but there's football speed too you got to take into account. Yeah, and at 6'4", 220, he's breaking 4'6". He's not the same as a guy at 190 pounds. They want Evan Neal, so they went the safe route, which was good for them. That's, they that's, went, this is a good draft for the Giants yeah. so far. Yeah, they, they uh, you know, their first first-round pick, they did well. And now with their second first-round pick, they did well. You know, yeah, it, it, helps, it helps drafting two picks in the top 10 to come away with a good draft. But, yeah. but this, this will be good. some good foundation pieces. And, and you had said – they're gonna, they're gonna build through the lines, and they they need to. And this guy's just a behemoth. Yeah, he definitely is, and he can play left or right tackle. And in New York, the way they have it set up right now, he'll probably be a right tackle right now. I would, yeah. I, I think they're gonna put the best five players out on the field, and that's their left tackle. Their left tackle is pretty good. But either yeah. way, you got Neil. You can put it left and kick the other guy out to right, or vice versa. And and you run into some teams that have good edge rushers on both sides of the ball now. So yeah, I, I've I've always felt like left tackle, edge, corner. Now I think wide receivers creeping into that. Other than the non-quarterbacks, those are your real difference maker positions. You just yeah. guards and and running backs and middle linebackers, defensive tackles. They're not the the premier positions where you need difference makers and this gives the giants possibly two guys that could be here for a long time yeah so jump back to carolina Ikanyu. in his career he's at 1256 career pass block snaps he had 44 pressures allowed 11 sacks allowed four false starts and one holding call in his entire college career between 2019 and 2021 that's courtesy of Josh Edwards from CBS Sports. Um, pressure rate allowed, 3.4%. Uh, 
So he's, you know, he's a he's a uh, a great run blocker, but I didn't realize how good of a pass blocker he was too. So that's great for Carolina. And if Sam Donald is the the route you have to go um, this year, because there's nobody really around that uh, that can take that starting job, then you definitely want to protect Sam Darno, who took a beating behind a bad Carolina offensive line last year. And, and, and it's taken a beating in his career. Yeah, with the Jets when he saw ghosts. Yeah, it's. I don't know that there's any rookies, other than maybe Kenny Pickett, who's almost as old as Darnold is. He's only a year and a day, I think, younger than Sam Darnold. I don't know that there's any of the rookies that could come in and play, or that you'd want to play with that team in Carolina. No, right and now. Sam, Sam Darnold's another example of it being about where you go as opposed to um, uh, who you play for as opposed to what pick you go. Because he got drafted by the Jets and Adam Gates. Mm -hmm. And that was a horrible situation. And, yes, Sam Darno brought some of it upon himself. He, you know, he caught mono somehow. Um, I think he had COVID his last year in the Jets, so he missed time because of that. So he had some bad luck himself and then some stuff he brought on on his own. But that was just a bad situation to be in. The Jets are a team that it seems like no matter what they do, it never works out. They brought, as I said, they hired Adam Gase out of all people to hire, which is just ridiculous. His press conference was, it looked like he was stoned out of his mind on something. Well, and I think just how he failed over his career. Go ahead. Yeah, he just failed. I, yeah, you look at Sam. And, and Darnold was Darnold was a, a starter as a true freshman day one at USC and beat out a couple other highly rated, experienced quarterbacks in Mitch Mustaine and uh, Ryan Karp. And and he sent both of them to the bench and took over and, and played at a big time program. Yeah. And yeah, I, I the first guy that I was ever aware of where I saw somebody where it happened was was the first minority quarterback to win a Super Bowl. Jim Plunkett got drafted number one overall by New England back when they were terrible, got beat up, went to San Francisco, ended up with the Raiders. And Al Davis told him, hey, sit down on the bench. We've got Stabler. We're going to trade him. They traded him for Dante Pastorini. And they were, weren't planning on playing him, just letting him heal his body. And then Pastorini breaks his leg. Plunkett comes in and wins two Super Bowls. But it was a guy that was a bust being the first overall pick, but he was running for his life at, back in an era when you could really hit yeah. the quarterback. And and some of these guys, right situation makes a big difference. So if, if, Russell, if Russell Wilson goes to Washington and Robert Griffin III gets drafted in the third round to Seattle, how different are those guys' careers, to be honest? I, I watched recently this, this winter, I rewatched the tuck rule game with the Raiders and the Patriots with Tom Brady the year they won their first Super Bowl. And the Raiders were favored in that game. They were a wild card, but they were favored. Drake London, big receiver from uh, USC, goes uh, to the Falcons. So. Well, it's going to be a matchup nightmare with he and Pitts, their yeah. uh, tight end that they got last year. That would have been a I nice one. Like it looks like he's limping a little bit. Am I reading too much into that? No, I think that's coming just a broken foot. But he's coming off a broken foot. It looks like he's limping, limping a little Could bit. Could be. 
there's plenty of time before training camp. Yeah, but, but anyways, in watching that tuck rule game, like the announcers were talking about it, and their 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 statement was, "Don't think that Belichick won't pull Brady at halftime and put Bledsoe back into the lineup if he doesn't play well." And what if Bledsoe never gets hurt? Yeah. What if what if Brady gets drafted by a, a Houston Texans or, or somebody else that that doesn't? Does it all? I think there is something to that. That's why I've always wondered some of these coaches that are successful that have great runs, do they take some players off that just aren't going to be their guys that they're not going to uh, Vincent Jackson's a good comparison for Drake London with his big body. Yeah, that's definitely a good, uh, good comparison. They're going to be a nightmare in the red zone with London and with his oh, size and then Pitts, who can play outside as well too. Yeah. But it all depends on though, how Mariota plays like, he showed flashes in Tennessee, but couldn't stay healthy. He got a chance to sit and learn and develop a little bit in Oakland the past couple of years. So now, how does Mariota fare his second go around as a starter? That's going to be the biggest question mark. And he did play under a similar <coughs> offense under Matt LaFleur in Tennessee in his injury-plagued year. Uh, so it's not like he's going to be brand new to the Arthur Smith offense, but mm-hmm. That's going to be the one thing. And and Atlanta needed wide receivers. They had, and I know Green Bay's receiver room is not the best, but I think Atlanta I saw was uh, power ranking wise is 32nd in the league when it comes to wide receivers. That's how bad their wide receiver room is. Yeah, so London was definitely a guy that is going to come in and be able to contribute immediately if that foot heals properly. Yeah, and, and you're right. And with losing Ridley, and I, I don't know that he comes back. And if he does, no, he's his career is done. Ridley's career is done. He missed most of last year. And I, I hate to get on him about this because his mental health thing and he had to get himself right. You know, more power to him for addressing he had a he had a problem and he wanted to get himself right. But then to come back and uh, found out that he was illegally gambling. Uh, which the NFL—it's kind of kind of a hypocritical league by the NFL, who they're embracing uh, gambling sites, and the the current NFL draft is in Las Vegas, and they're they suspend him for the year for uh, for making bets when he was not on an active roster at all. But either way, I think with the combination of basically missing the last two 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 seasons, I think his career is over. Yeah, yeah, and it, and it's not unprecedented. I mean, the Packers had. Uh... Paul Horning gets suspended for a year yeah. and he wasn't even betting on football. Yeah. That was a different time frame though, because yeah. back then it was very taboo. You couldn't do it. The NFL is embracing gambling. Now they have a team yes. in Las Vegas. They have right. the draft in Las Vegas, but yeah, they've, got to, they've got to tread very carefully with that because yeah. your, your integrity of the game becomes uh compromised pretty, pretty easily there. And, yeah. and, and yeah, they're going to make an example out of him and he'll be gone for a year. And then it's two years out and, yeah. And maybe he catches on with somebody, maybe not. And if you're currently playing on a team, I get it. You shouldn't be betting. But he was a guy that was not on their their active roster. He was not in the building. He was not anywhere near his teammates because he's dealing with his health, his mental health. I, I get why the NFL make an example out of him. They don't want it to potentially become an active player. Mm-hmm. And he was kind of even dumb about it himself. You could clearly tell it was him. You know, if you're going to be doing that, maybe disguise yourself a little better. <laughs> yeah. Well, at, at a certain point, yeah, that's where I have a problem with it. It's like 
It was like uh, Randy Gregory getting caught smoking weed and then he tests positive at the combine. They know you're going to test you. They, you know when it's going to happen. If you're that, yeah. like get a buddy. And, and I'm not saying Chris Carter have a fall guy, but if you really want to bet on the game, let your sister bet on the game and use her phone for God's sake. And to do it yeah. on your own phone, it, it just doesn't make any, it just says you're, you're just, you're dumb. And, and you're not focused on, on the things that as a coach, I would want you focused in on. And I would want you to be, uh, to be focused on it and, and really, really getting after and working on the things that you want him to be working on, which was getting healthier on a mental standpoint, but he's out being a knucklehead. So. Yeah, definitely was. And, you know, I, I'm kind of indifferent on it. Like I, I get the people, I, I get the people that are kind of upset at the NFL for doing it, but I also don't see, you know, so I'm kind of indifferent on it. Like I'm not like going to, pound my fist on the table, screaming and yelling about, um, you know, them suspending him for the season. But I'm also, you know, it's also like you're kind of being hypocritical NFL in a way. In a way. But you've also said this is the rule. And if, yeah. if that's the rule and, and you're getting paid a lot of money to follow the rules, it's just like I, I always say, like, I enjoy an occasional glass of wine. I, I like a bourbon. I'm known to have a martini on occasion. But if my job came to me and said, hey, listen, we want to give you X number of millions of dollars a year, but we need you to not drink alcohol for five years. Okay. You know, for some, what some of these guys are making, I could I could give it up. I could be okay with that. And then drink alcohol later in my life. It's, it's like Ricky Williams when he was with the Dolphins that just loved to smoke weed. And at the time, it wasn't legal. So you can't smoke weed, Ricky. And that cost him a good chunk of his career. But some of these guys just they think they're either smarter than the system or they're they're uh, not going to get caught. I don't know. But it, it just it seems odd that you would risk that many things that you have going for you a chance. I mean, yeah. I, yeah, I would have a driver. <laughs> I would not be driving if I were them after a night of clubbing. Oh, yeah. I think it's stupid that anytime you see about. Um, such and such player test positive, you know, not test positive, uh, uh, arrested for DUI or uh, the whole issue with that former uh, Raider receiver. I Henry think it's just, out of Alabama. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's absolutely stupid that they put themselves in the situation because the NFL even has that you can call your facility and get somebody to come pick you up and bring you home mm-hmm. if you've had too much to drink. Like yeah. it's stupid that people put themselves in that situation. Yeah. That's not um, even counting Uber and Lyft that exist. Yeah. yeah. Like seriously, you're, you're making enough that, and there are enough support things that it's just, it's hire a driver for the night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Literally. I mean, hire a guy year round for, for whatever. And, and teams have them on retainer. So it's, yeah. it's the services are there. Looks like the pick is in for the Seahawks here at this, number nine. This, I, I could see Hamilton going. Because Seattle's another team that needs to rebuild a lot of areas on their team. And Pat, the secondary is one. And the offensive line is another. So Cross is another guy that could potentially get taken here. Yeah, offensive line. But I think they're going to go edge here because they're switching to a 3-4. Yeah. And I think yeah, they I, need an outside edge rusher. Another need. That's just definitely another need. And they got rid of their defensive coordinator in Ken Norton Jr., who's now at UCLA. Yeah. And cross, you're right. Cross, it is the offensive yeah. tackle. 
Russell Wilson's probably watching this being, what the hell? Like, I was here for since 2011, whatever season he was drafted, and you gave me crap offensive lines every year, and now you're drafting a guy in the top in the first round to protect the quarterback. <laughs> yeah. But they well, definitely but- have to protect their quarterback because they got uh, Drew Locke or uh, the bust out of uh, – Geno Smith. Yeah, Geno Smith. Smith. They got one of those two options right now at their quarterback. Yeah, I I think it'll be – well, part of I think what Russell Wilson wanted was I want $40 million a year, but I also want you to build around me. And I want – Seahawks are one of those teams that played well in the beginning of the season, but then at some point Russell Wilson, when they won a Super Bowl, was not the dominant player on that team. And he was on a rookie contract, too. He was on a rookie contract, and they had all their money on defense. And they had a great defense. And running back and Lynch. A monster. Just the beast mode was something else. And and that's – so when you look at the Packers in the post-Aaron Rodgers era, is that the formula that they need to go to, that you're going to end up with? And I know Aaron's rebounded, but you look at his record before – they drafted Jordan Love. I think it was a little bit premature, maybe a year or two, but they drafted him and Rodgers has played better since he, he got his nose out of joint about that. So now you've got, you, you're going to have to have a strong running game and you're going to have to have a pretty good defense to yeah. carry that next quarterback. Brady, when he, when he won his first three Super Bowls, was not the dominant player. He wasn't the Tom Brady we know today. So you, you look at that and, and, uh, that's the part that scares me about Aaron Rodgers. Does does him taking all of that money, is that part of what pushed Devontae Adams to say, I want to move to Las Vegas? Yeah, and then you also have uh, with Brady, the the year he won the Super Bowl in Tampa Bay, you know, this past year for Tom Brady was actually a better season than it was his first, you know, his first year in Tampa. The second year in Tampa, he had a much better year uh, stats-wise. And it was the defense to carry Tampa Bay to that Super Bowl. And that's why Tampa Bay didn't repeat a Super Bowl champions because the defense, especially in the back half, was not as good as they were in 2020. Right. And and they were healthier. And, yeah. and you start, you know, yes, you were you were it was unusual. They returned all their starters and some key reservists, but they every year you get a little bit older, every year you get a little bit more beat up, and and you need some younger players that uh that aren't hurt and, yeah. and they, they were, they were hurt. And the other thing is truthfully, they shouldn't have won that first Super Bowl. He threw three interceptions in the game against the Packers. Yeah. Packers should have won that game. If Rogers wasn't what one in four in NFC championship games. Well, and also if Mike Patton doesn't go one-on-one coverage on the outside and a hail Mary type situation. Like I don't understand why he had Kevin King on an Island yeah, against Scotty Miller and cover zero. I don't understand that at all. Like that was another thing. If they actually, um, if they actually play uh, more of a, and I hate the prevent defense per se, but that mm-hmm. situation was you put everybody back deep, and you don't let anybody get behind you, and you make sure uh, your boundary corners have help, and there is nobody there to help them. Yeah, so certainly. That's, that's why Mike Pettin is no longer the defensive coordinator in uh, in Green Bay, and he's now with. I think I don't know who he's with anymore. I know he was with the Bears of, last year. Yeah, I think I think Vikings so. now? No, I don't know. Certainly not uh, calling plays for anybody this year. No, I know Ed Don Ed, uh, Ed Donatello, former Packer defensive coordinator, is back in the league calling plays. Uh, uh, I know uh, Dom Capers is. I think was with Detroit last year as a consultant. 
Yeah, yeah. Dom, Dom's another guy. The game's just kind of – and he's hanging on, and he likes coaching, but he's he's an advisor now more than anything yeah, he's else. A, he's in a good spot for himself now. He doesn't have to call the plays. He doesn't have to uh, put the game plan together anymore. He just kind of – you know, he's got – he's he's forgotten more football than I, I could ever know. Like, he's been around the league for so long. Him and uh, – um, he was the coordinator for the Steelers for the longest time. Kate played uh, the cornerback in the league for before that. Oh, and he was he was the head coach with the uh, Dick LeBeau. Dick LeBeau, who's yeah, head coach. Dick, the, the, Dick LeBeau created that three-four zone blitz defense. Yeah, the Blitzburg defense. Yeah, and yeah. and and yeah, and he truthfully, if there's ever been an assistant coach that should be in the Hall of Fame, it should be Dick LeBeau. Yeah, I mean, he just he was brilliant, and and was not was unsuccessful with Cincinnati as a head coach. Although you can say that about a lot of people. Yeah, Capers was unsuccessful in uh, Carolina, but. He had a good start in Carolina. He just couldn't, you know, his, he just, he reached the, he reached the, the wall and he couldn't, you know, he couldn't go any further. He reached the ceiling. Yeah. I never had great quarterbacks in Carolina no. when he was there. Yeah, which Kerry made... Collins, he was okay, but never yeah. the best. Not a guy First wide receiver off the board. So now we get to watch, is this going to be uh well, second wide receiver off the board? I forgot London. So now we have two wide receivers off the board in the last three picks. Is this not going to be the run on wide receivers we've been uh, kind of anticipating leading up to the draft? So, yeah, Olave will probably be next with Washington. Washington's up next, although they're 12, I thought. But now Washington's at 11, Minnesota at 12. That's right. And then Minnesota Houston won't take a receiver. Houston, might, so. Houston might take one. Houston Washington may take one. I've heard Houston wants to trade back, though, with that. That I heard they wanted to trade up into the top ten with the thirteenth pick, yeah, or they want to trade back, yeah. Maybe this is a possible trade option with Green Bay. Well, if the, if there's somebody that Green Bay feels, I just don't know that there's anybody that I want to give up draft capital that they're all kind of close, but they may have somebody rated higher. Yeah, I, although Washington, I I'm still stunned that they're going to go into the season with Carson Wentz as their starting quarterback, and they traded for him. Well, I just. I'm not surprised for the fact that, you know, we've talked about this is there's nobody in this draft to go and get. There's nobody in this draft that, you know, Ron Rivera, he wants to win. And there's nobody in the draft to go out and get. You couldn't get Aaron Rodgers. You couldn't get Russell Wilson. Um, you couldn't get Matt Ryan. You couldn't get Deshaun Watson. Not if you would even, that would be a bad situation in Washington with both Daniel Snyder and Deshaun Watson, you're going to have all the, all the negative attention for the wrong reasons in that situation. So Carson Wentz, he's not, he's not a, you know, he's not a superstar quarterback, but he's a guy that he, he can play. Okay. And he's, you know, he's a good stop, stop gap quarterback for this year. He might, might get you into the playoffs. He might not in that division. He might, yeah, but yeah, it's a safe option with what's what what else is available. The fact that he did so poorly with Frank oh, Washington traded the pick to the Saints, so here's going to be another receiver right here. Yeah, and the Saints have been active. They have with two picks in the first round, so this gives yeah. them somebody. So there is somebody yeah. that they they are targeting and want. So Likely be Olave because I know he was high on their list. It might be Burke, which would be a little high for Burke at this this pick. Um, or hey, they could might maybe want a quarterback too. Who knows? But who's who's going to go quarterback? 
not well Minnesota might doubtful Mike, but Houston, they have to start Houston's planning for too many things yeah and then it was Baltimore Philadelphia and then New Orleans was there at 16 with their pick from the Colts yeah. of the Eagles yeah so probably, I just, probably, was, probably wide I was, receiver I was surprised Washington went with Wentz I would have gone with Mariota I think Mariota's yeah. got a higher ceiling and is just a a better teammate. I, I Carson Wentz is just he's turned two franchises off. And Frank Reich was his offensive coordinator in Philadelphia, and he couldn't turn him around and get him fixed. And Ursi couldn't help him pack his bags fast enough to get him out of the building. And well, the that's the way you know who had the power in in, uh, in in Indianapolis is I don't know if Frank if I'm sure Frank Wright if Carson Wentz would have came back this season as their quarterback, he would have been fine. Whatever. But Ursay definitely runs that team. <laughs> yeah, and 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 they got Matt Ryan, which I think is an upgrade. Even though he's in his 14th season, even though he hasn't been super successful the last couple of years, and that's where Washington could have got Ryan. Yeah, and, and the Colts definitely need to find, and maybe not this year, and maybe a Carson Strong, who I mentioned in the third round or fourth round, is an option for uh, the Colts, depending on when they have their first pick in the draft. I think it's just. I think it's the second round. I don't know. But Carson Strong could be a good pick to serve as an understudy for Matt Ryan. Yeah, and I, I think the other team to watch, Philadelphia, they had three picks in the first round. They traded one to the Saints. So they have two this year and two next year. And I think they're, they've are they got to be looking at it saying, okay, we give Jalen Hurts this year, but if not, we're going to get the quarterback we want next year because you're going to have Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud coming out and both of them are probably better quarterbacks than Jalen Hurts is in a real quick manner. So I think the Jalen Hurts experiment has a year for them. I'm curious who the Saints are going to go with. Jameis Winston played well for them. I think the Taysom Hill experiment is over as far as him being a quarterback. He's yeah. a Swiss Army knife gadget player kind of guy. That's great, but he's not. He looks like Tebow back there at times, and and he's yeah. just not a starting quarterback. Oh. And I, I kind of still had to laugh because I it would have been nice it, it would have been nice to keep him in Green Bay, but he would not have been the same type of player in Green Bay. And we, we go back to we talk about situations. He would not have been the Swiss Army knife in Green Bay. It didn't fit what McCarthy did. McCarthy was very quarterbacks play quarterbacks, unless you're mm-hmm. Thomas Montgomery, running backs play running backs wide receivers play receivers and so forth. He didn't do any of these gimmick things. So he would have been a third string quarterback at the yeah. Green Bay and he would have never became this Swiss Army knife. Well now in New Orleans he can focus on being that Swiss Swiss Army knife only instead of also playing quarterback, which could be great. And the so game has changed. There's there's more of the Wildcat in there. And we've got some different things. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I, I think it's interesting that when I mentioned Tebow, he looks like Tebow. Sean Payton supposedly uh, approached Tim Tebow about that kind of a role and wanted Tebow to do it. And I think uh, Tebow was so set on being at that time, I'm going to be a quarterback. And the yeah. tight end experiment failed miserably. But Yeah, I think the Patriots or the Jets is when he finally decided he could uh, try to be a different position. And then it was too late. And then... Mm-hmm. Uh, Urban Meyer brings him into Jacksonville stupidly. Yeah. And decides, hey, let's play him a tight end. And 
he hadn't played football in a number of years, and now you're expecting him to go and play tight end and, and be a player uh, that he's never take, been. Wow. Yeah, and take roster spots away from people that could give you more than he could. Yeah, I I was always curious when he went to the Patriots after he he got traded from Denver and he was an understudy to Sanchez for a year, but I I remember a story about Vince Lombardi when he started with the Packers, he sat Paul Horning down and he said, you're not going to be a quarterback. And, and Horning was a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback at Notre Dame. And he had failed in the pros and he was failing. And he said, Bart Starr is going to be my quarterback. And he put on the film and he said, watch this. And Lombardi had run the offense uh, for the New York football giants. And he said, watch Gifford. And he looked at him and, and Gifford had been a, uh, uh, single wing tailback at SC when he played there and he punted and kicked and passed and done all that stuff. And he's like, I want you to run what would become the green Bay Packers power sweep. And I want you to throw the halfback option pass for me. And it worked out great for all and parties it, included. And Paul Horning's got a gold jacket and yeah. his bust is in Canton and, and he was a great player, but Tebow just couldn't get over not being the quarterback. And, and there are guys that, that just don't understand it sometimes. And it, it becomes, Problematic for him. All right, now we've got the Saints with their pick in. I think they might – well, you usually don't trade up like this unless you're taking a quarterback. Or could it be a receiver because they've had a bit of a run? Yeah. And they don't want to lose them to – unless they think Minnesota – well, but Washington, if they were going to take a quarterback, would have sat there because they, they had their choice. Well, I, I – uh, unfortunately, I looked at my Twitter, and I think I saw who they took. I'm not going to announce it now. But, yeah, they used to say they uh, definitely saw something happening right there, and they wanted to go out and get in front of it. So, This will be interesting to see what uh, – as Tony Gonzalez is on the uh, dais with uh, Roger Goodell, and he's going to announce the pick for the Saints. Which is kind of weird because he has no connection to the Saints. No. Chiefs. Okay. <laughs> or Atlanta, yeah, but yeah. Okay. or or Washington, he didn't have a connection to, who had the pick originally. Yeah, so we'll see what he pulls up. And it looks like there is a guy wearing a Chiefs jersey on stage and a Charger jersey. On yeah, stage. which makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. Okay, yeah, whatever you want to do, I guess. It's better than watching it in somebody's basement and seeing <laughs> uh, seeing everybody on their remote screens trying to make it work, although they did a great job with it the last couple of years by keeping it remote and keeping it going when they had to during the lockdown. Yeah, there was a lot of, you know, memories that cop out of the uh, the, the virtual year, too, because you had the, you know, the somebody, you know, Vrabel sitting at his war room table, and there's a reflection in the background of somebody mm-hmm. uh, yeah. facilities there, and then you mm-hmm. had the, the Husky puppy sitting in Bill Belichick's chair, Yep. The so, you know, a lot of things happened during the, the, the uh, 2020, one, uh, 2020 draft that we still the, remember. The Cardinals coach in his uh, awesome home. Yeah. I still wonder yeah. if he uh, just like randomly like said, hey, I need to use your home tonight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's a guy I'm still surprised is a head coach in the NFL. He's and got extended. Yeah. They've, they've committed to him. I'm, I'm a little shocked. I, I was shocked when he got the job and, and, I thought he and Kyler Murray were paired together 
Uh, and to, to give up on Josh Rosen, who you picked up 10th the year before uh, after one year and give up on him and move off uh, was a huge commitment. But he's, he's yeah. I guess, the answer in Arizona, although they've had limited success. Yeah. Well, uh, here's, here's my guy that I wanted in, in Green Bay, yeah. unfortunately. But the Saints probably got wind that – you know, Packers, because it, it came out earlier in the day that they were looking to possibly try to move up. So they must have got wind that they were trying to move up, and they're like, oh, we're going to leapfrog uh, and trade with Washington so we can go get our guy and not have to worry about, you know, Packers or uh, another, you know, the Chiefs, for example, too, the Packers or the Chiefs leapfrogging them in order to get to him. So here you might see edge. You uh, might see defensive line. You might see corner. Uh, that's likely what uh, the Vikings are trading their pick too. Never mind to the Lions. To the Lions. An interdivisional trade. Interesting. Uh, this will probably be a quarterback. Yeah, there's, I don't know what Detroit. Well, they need a wide receiver though too, because all they have is St. Brown. In reality, they have St. Brown, and they, that's about it. They need so much to be giving up draft capital. Yeah, because you're you're what back at thirty two, so you're going to trade the last pick in the first round. So that's got to it's got to be costing you quite a bit, quite a bit. Yeah, maybe a, a future second, maybe a third this year. Yeah, so they're going to go wide receiver here to get ahead of the, everybody else, or they're going to go quarterback here because they don't they, they got their they got their defensive end, and I just don't know what mm-hmm. Detroit would jump up ahead from the thirty two pick all the way till to twelve. I don't know what you you would trade up that far for, unless they think Houston or Baltimore might take who they want. So then it wouldn't be a quarterback, but it just doesn't make any sense. I don't think, I don't, I don't think Houston's going to take a quarterback. I don't think they're ready for that this year. Baltimore, they're not. It's Brown and Davis Mills didn't have a bad year. He had a pretty solid year as a rookie. He's not the worst thing, and they got a lot of holes. So. Yeah, just build around him, and and if he gets two years of starting, and then you draft the heir apparent, okay. So you've got a guy that's got some experience, and yeah. then what? Philadelphia is not going to draft a quarterback. They're probably going to go wide receiver for the third year in a row, or they could go uh, offensive or defensive line, or they could go off ball linebacker. Those are like the main areas of concern. Other than well, receiver is not a concern for Philly, but those are the main. Areas of concern for Philly, they need help up front. They need help because uh, Fletcher Cox not getting any younger. No, and they could use an off-ball linebacker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, although Howie Rosenberg just loves to move around sometimes in the draft. I think just for the sake of moving around, just to have yeah. his connection. So we'll see. The yeah. Lions so, pick is six. So if you have if, Washington again, so they're not going to take a quarterback at sixteen. Seventeen's the Chargers. They're likely going offensive line. They need help at right tackle pretty badly. Philly at 18 is likely, as I mentioned, going up front or linebacker. The Saints at 19 again. They got the receiver. You know what it could have been? The Saints got the receiver. They probably figure the Saints are going to take their quarterback then at 19. So they wanted to jump ahead and uh, get their guy. Possibly. I could see Pickett going to the Saints pretty easily and fitting in there a little bit. A little bit shorter. The Steelers are going to be pissed if that's the case because Detroit will likely go Malik Willis. and he's That's, like, what, I, that's he's what I'm wondering. I think they were trying. He's perfect for Pittsburgh. 
Pittsburgh, I think, was looking at Willis and thinking, oh, we can just sit here like uh, New England did last year at 15 and just let him drop to us. But yeah, they're just Kevin Colbert final draft, too. Yeah. And you, you got to think he's going to want to set it up for the future. Ozzy Newsome in uh, Baltimore, uh, didn't he draft Lamar Jackson with his last first round draft pick? I think, yeah, I think that was his last one. Yeah. So this could be interesting. Alliance moving back up. You got to think quarterback here. Yeah. And Lesson Williams, I guess, possibly. Man. But um, Hamilton is dropping. He's going to be at. Does he drop past Baltimore at, at 14? I would. Mel Kuyper has him rated as his best available player. All right, here we get the compensation. A second round draft pick this year. 34, 32nd, 34th, and third round pick next year for the second round pick this year and the 12th overall. That's not that's not a bad trade. No, that's a good trade for for uh, Detroit. That's not giving up a ton. Yeah. I didn't see what the Saints gave up to move up. That's what I'm curious about. They didn't really show that. No, we haven't seen that yet. That'll be curious. And the Saints have been all over. Well, let's see what Detroit does. Got to be a quarterback to move up. No, a wide receiver, oh. Jameis Williams. Okay. So the Packers taking a receiver at 22 is slim to none. Traylon yeah. Burks. Traylon yeah. Burks out of Arkansas. I don't think he makes it. Unless they break, unless they move up, I don't think Burks makes it to 22. I, I don't know if his speed scares some people off. And I, I know the Packers have done well. You think of their last two dominant receivers. It's been Devontae Adams is a good-sized fella, and so is Jordy Nelson. They both had size. So, yeah, if and maybe the Packers have to move up. Chargers, I can't see yeah. going wide receiver. But you got the Eagles. No, they won't. The Eagles might. The Eagles might, which they do every year, it seems like. I don't know they have the last two years. Well, Rieger hasn't worked out. Like, Rieger's been a boss, which no. I'm sad of to see. Because <clears throat> he's a guy coming out that I liked. Like, I liked his speed. I liked his hustle. Like, one of the key plays that stood out to me about Jalen Rieger is his quarterback through stupid interception. He falls to the ground. He gets back up, and he makes a tackle right around the – inside the five-yard line. Um, and all the Eagles are on the board again. Now well, they've traded with the Texans. I have Eagles pick is in at 13. Yeah. They've traded with the Texans. So, judging what's after, you have Baltimore and Houston. Um, Baltimore could go wide receiver. Yeah. So, why would Philly jump ahead of Baltimore? Uh, offensive line, defensive line help. Uh, Baltimore needs both. Philly needs both. Philly could use a wide receiver. Um, I don't know. <laughs> and this is where I think you get into a situation where a lot of teams no longer have first round grades on these guys that are left. 
although Hamilton is there as a safety. I think he's got to be a definite first rounder. But you, there's no real, there's no real offensive lineman that you go, yeah, he's a first rounder. I yeah. mean, Tyler Lind, Linderblom from Iowa, the the center, who I think the the Cowboys have looked at pretty hard, is is a definite possibility in the first round. I don't think there's any guards Baltimore left. Go edge too, because Baltimore needs help at edge. So maybe that would be why Philly jumps ahead. Yeah, an outside linebacker, edge rusher, Mike with Mike McDonald, their new uh, defensive coordinator, who came back after a year at Michigan with winning the national title. That is a spot, quite frankly, where that kid from Michigan, the Torres Achilles, could go. Yeah, McDonald coached him last year and knows him really, really well. He and probably has that information on how his uh, recovery is coming too. Yeah, and, and you've got to know him, like the back of your hand, after coaching him for a year and seeing yeah. him. I do think he's got one of those motors that that just doesn't stop. He's just a, a guy that comes out and likes to play, and and I, I don't know that you he would fit with what Baltimore likes to do quite heavily. And yeah. he played for Harbaugh. And there's another Harbaugh, so that wouldn't shock me uh, a ton at at, with, at 14 with the Ravens. Yeah, I just don't I, under, I just don't get why Philly moved up. Like, why would they feel the need to jump ahead of Baltimore um, to to draft I, I, well, another guy who's available that he's a guy that fits what Baltimore likes doing too. They feel, I think, uh, man, I don't know. I don't understand why Detroit jumped up other than you had a run 10, 11 and 12 were all wide receivers. Yeah. I'm surprised Detroit took a wide receiver because that was not a position that I anticipated them uh, looking to get and they go and take a receiver. So well, there's a definite I, need there. I'm a little surprised there. Well, there's a need, but not to trade up from 32 to take a guy who's going to be sitting up mostly with an ACL injury. Yeah. Like, I true. feel they have other needs that they could have uh, addressed by trading up to draft somebody. Because the there's still a lot of – you mentioned Hamilton still on the board. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the option they could have went. They need help on the defensive side. But maybe they just look at the potential with him and Emron uh, St. Brown – um and uh, Amron St. Brown and think that that's a pretty solid one-two punch at receiver. Yeah, they're at least legitimate at that point. Yeah, I was. I thought. I always thought Detroit would trade back out of that thirty-two position, yeah. and we'd see a quarterback go there that somebody wanted to get a a quarterback that had just tumbled that you wanted to keep under for a redshirt year, so to speak, and then have him under contract with that fifth-year option to uh to do it and then pick up another draft pick pick up a a, a second or a, a, a high third round draft pick and just get at some point when you're that bad when you're the texans or the lions or J- jacksonville you, you just got to get bodies you got to get more guys in the building that can actually play and aren't just stiffs yeah um, and, and you look at the chiefs the chiefs have eight picks in the first four rounds when you think okay first second third fourth rounders I'm not expecting my fourth rounders to end up being pro bowlers, but I, I would expect anybody drafted in the first four rounds has got a legitimate chance of being a starter for me. That could potentially be eight starters that the Chiefs draft this year. And with with Patrick Mahomes under a massive contract, he's no longer on his rookie deal. You're going to need a bunch of those guys that are coming cheap if you want to, because they can't just go out every year and fix like they did last year with uh, 
bringing in a bunch of highly priced offensive linemen to protect okay. Mahomes, and and I think that'll be interesting to see how they do. So there's Sauce Gardner, who great pick for the Jets. Yeah, I I'm a big Gardner fan. I I know it wasn't possible, but he's one I wouldn't have minded lining up alongside with uh, Alexander and. Uh, Stokes and Douglas, that would be a freaking nasty room. <laughs> yeah, that, that has some definite potential. I think safety's a bigger need, though, with the two guys with the, the contracts coming up. So who do we have next? We have, looking for an update here. Philly's still up, and I got to say, it's either going to be linebacker or defensive line, more than likely. Edge guy, when I say linebacker, be an edge guy or mm-hmm. lineman. Because that's two positions that the uh, here's the Eagles Texans trade. Yeah, those are two positions that the uh, uh, the Eagles need, and Baltimore also have needs at. So, right, this did not cost the Eagles a lot. No, fourth round pick this year and two fifth round picks just yeah. to move up to. You know, isn't too bad. Yeah, and when I think of fifth rounders, I'm thinking. Aaron Jones aside, that you can hit occasionally, but yeah. you're looking at guys that are going to be special teamers. So yeah, if there's a guy you truly want and you think the next team up, next team up or two is going to take yeah. him, you, you got to go get him. Yeah, to jump up, that isn't that. Uh, that isn't that. The Saints and the Eagles. Okay, that was previous. I still can't get over that trade. With Tyreek Hill, that just was a lot of draft capital for Miami to give yeah. up. A second, a fourth, a fourth, and a sixth were just yeah. a lot. But they're also a team that's pretty ready. That's pretty ready, uh, both sides of the ball, to make a push for a playoff spot. So I guess it kind of makes a little bit of sense there, um, rather than draft a, a, another wide receiver in this year's draft or another position. Give, well, a lot of weapons to surround him with, and he uh, was playing in Mike McDonald McDonald's uh, offense can get you. And he looks like he's a guy that should be teaching college uh, math or chemistry rather than coaching. Yes, but but from what I'm what I understand, he is really bright. Oh yeah, and and and, uh, and comes from a good tree, with coming from Shanahan's system, and then is well regarded. And he left the defense kind of intact, so that kind of makes sense. Um, it just—I guess you're looking at it as you got Tua still on his rookie deal. So if you and you've got enough draft capital next year that if you don't think he's the guy, then it's time to reset and and go get a quarterback again next year if if that's what you're going to have to do. So we have a little. Dell is going to announce it already, but he's got to talk about why the kids are up there first. Apparently. Yeah, which is fine. I'm just, you know, I'm getting a little impatient here. You know, we're about hour, almost hour two hours into the draft. Yep. <laughs> yeah, Jordan Davis, defensive tackle for the Eagles. That is uh, Fletcher Cox, as you said earlier, is not getting any younger. Yeah, and you line him. Fletcher Cox is a guy that can attack the quarterback. You get Davis is a guy that can stop the run. So, yeah, in Baltimore, he would have been a great fit in Baltimore. So now I can definitely see why they they jump ahead of Baltimore. Baltimore probably goes with this guy. But now the domino effect with him going, 
they either take the other defensive tackle, Wyatt, from uh, from Georgia, or they go wide receiver again. Yeah, the Packers need to be sweating this one a little bit because the wide receiver room is drying up for first, them. First-round talent. First-round talent, yes. And, and I know they brought some other guys in, like George Pickens from Georgia or uh, Velas Jones from uh, Tennessee. <laughs> that a guy that will probably be around in the fifth round who will also be your uh, kick and punt returner, too. He's a, yeah. he's a special teams player of the year in the SEC, the guy from Tennessee you talked about. Yeah, Velas so. Jones, and, and was really good. He was with another team before Tennessee and transferred, and he was a great returner there as well, too. So. Yeah. And that is something that gets overlooked, but it it and special teams I, I certainly will be in renewed emphasis for the Packers uh, this year with uh, Biasaki coming over from uh, the Raiders to to kind of man that up after the troubles they had last year. So the Ravens pick is in now. So do they go Wyatt from Georgia now that the the big uh, big the big guy, you mm-hmm. know. Six- 340, and if he can keep his weight under control, um, he's a guy that could dominate up front. That's the big if, though. He's a guy that seemed like he busted his ass off to be a top guy at the combine, but um, he he seemed like he didn't play that hard at times at Georgia. Uh, but Devontae w- uh, Wyatt, the guy that could go here. Um, Hamilton is still there. Hamilton's a guy that could go. They could use some help in the secondary. Uh, wide receiver Andrew Booth from Clemson. They need help in the secondary because one of the biggest thing, areas that the Ravens had this year, especially late in the year, is they couldn't stop anybody's passing game. Burrow had mm-hmm. 500 yards, almost 500 yards passing twice against them. Um, and you have to go against Burrow twice. You have to go against Deshaun Watson twice. You have to you know, go against Mitch Trubisky, I guess. Twice. But either way, you got two really good quarterbacks. You're potentially going up against twice a year now. So um, corner is another uh, another position that they could definitely need. Yeah, I, I would think corner more so than or, or wide receiver. They could go and pull something out with that. Or yeah, if they take a receiver here, though, with what's left, they're going to be de- definitely reaching, though. Because George Pickens is a late first-round guy. Um, Burks is a late first-round guy. Watson is a mid-second-round guy. Yeah, maybe um, Jalen Dotson. Sky Moore, Sky Moore and Dotson are late first, early second-round guys. Early second they, round. Would, they would definitely be reaching if they were to move up and take a receiver. So I'm going to let my next guest in here on the show. Uh, i got to make it a three-person show now. All right. Here we go. The other one, the other one it could be, it could be Daxton Hill from Michigan, who played for Mike McDonald yeah, last week. That he's could a be too. that's out there. And I know he's not a box safety, but but he's a four three eight guy at six foot and 192 pounds. Yeah, and they that definitely help in the secondary. So now I want to uh, bring in uh Troy. Uh been a while. I think the hey. last time we talked was the uh Packer uh, right around the Packer Tennessee game or going to the playoffs that year, one of the two. Yeah, How's it going. It's going. It's been a while. Yeah. It's been a while. So what's your early thoughts on this first round so far? Obviously, the run at first round wide receiver talent has kind of been expected, but kind of sad at the same time because, you know, Packers could use some help in the wide receiver room. But overall, your thoughts on the first round so far? 
Well, you know, you can never tell on draft day. You know, always some surprises. You can cut the trades up. Uh, I'm sitting right now. I, I kind of joked with you. I was, said I'll join you around 830-ish unless the Packers trade up to get Olave, but that, <laughs> that didn't happen. No. Uh, I'm actually looking at it right now, and you guys might think I'm crazy, but I think the Packers should actually trade down with the, the receivers because where they're at, they can actually maybe get some more draft capital. They have a lot of needs outside of receiver. I mean, I we need receivers, but I, I caught the end of what you guys were talking about. And for right now, where they're at, they could probably trade down and still get a valuable guy that can come in and still help the Packers. I mean, I'd look at it that way. I mean, because where they're at in the receiving core, the, the top guys, the guys that are going to come in and everybody's looking at what Jamar Chase did last year. So everybody thinks these first-round picks are going to come in and they're going to have Jamar Chase years. Evan, when we used to do shows, you and I think you and I talked about this. A receiver in the NFL, it really takes two to three years to perfect your craft. Yeah. Jamar Chase is an anomaly. You're not going to get Jamar Chase every year. Uh, Jefferson's another anomaly. Jefferson's the other one. I was and Jefferson. Yeah. Yeah, other than those, they struggle. And I- yeah, these, these- go ahead. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's why I really wanted Olave. I thought he was that guy that could come in and uh, do what Jefferson did in Minnesota right away. Oh, definitely. And that's what that's where I'm at right now. I mean, we can get get a guy at 22, and he might be okay, but he's going to have some growing pains. Yeah. You know, the guys the guys that I thought could do anything are gone. Kyle Hamilton's off the board. Yep. I think I I do I've I've grown on Burks like. I wasn't a huge fan of him early on in the draft process, but I've really grown on him, and I think he fits what the Packer Lafleur offense is going to be. Uh, he's he's a big body. He can uh, he can you know he's a guy that can overpower people, and he's a guy that can you know he's he, his game speed is there. Um, and maybe I'm trying to convince myself in the Burks because. You know, at the time, I figured he'd be the only one left, and that's the way it's looking right now in regards to potential first-round talent, but I do like him. I, I agree, and I think he, he, Burke, Burks gives you a wide receiver where, where Troy was talking about, if he can't come in and give you 1,000 yards this year, but he can give you 500 yards rushing, or he can give you 300 yards rushing and give you some of that action on the on the jet sweep, that they haven't run a lot and they, they tried to with one of their running backs and going with a two running back offense. But you look at Robert Woods with LA and what he was able to accomplish when he was there before he got hurt, he was a valuable receiver beyond just catching the ball, blocking and having the size to run a jet sweep and, and get you some yardage there and influence your running game. And that's where LaFleur is from. He's from that, that, uh, Sean McVay offense of, of run the ball, pound it inside with your guys, and then get somebody out on the edge where he doesn't have to learn the route tree as much or read defenses as well and just uses sheer athleticism and use the 225 pounds that he's carrying to, to get you some valuable yardage. Yeah. And there's still trades to be made, too, in regards to veteran receivers. Like you had Jacksonville – um, they spent a lot of money, unfortunately, resetting the uh, – oh, wow. The uh, the Ravens have traded Hollywood Brown and picked number 100 of the Cardinals for the 23rd pick. 
per Tom Paracello. So what are you guys' thoughts there? Are they going to run the, the, run the wishbone this year? <laughs> wow, that's that's a little shocking. They've given up on Hollywood Brown, and they pick up the – well, you get the 23rd. That's not a bad pickup. But there's nobody I, – I don't see any – we were just talking about the Packers at 22. There's not a whole lot of choices at 23 uh, for wide receivers. What are your thoughts, Troy? Hollywood Brown to Arizona for the – 23rd pick, pretty much. I mean, I liked Hollywood Brown. I mean, I'm, you, you know, Evan, I'm a big uh, DraftKings guy and I'm a big yeah. fantasy, daily fantasy guy. I mean, if there's anybody you're going to take at a valuable cost in DraftKings, it was him. He was, he was feast or famine, though. He's either going to get you five catches for 120 yards and a touchdown or one catch for 12 yards. You know, I, you, you look at Lamar Jackson and the whole contract thing, and everybody says he's got to be able to throw the ball. He's got to be able to throw the ball. And now they get rid of a weapon. I mean, I don't understand. <laughs> but that's why you and I are sitting here on Facebook <laughs> and in the draft room. Yeah. And I, what I was commenting on before I saw that trade hit my phone is uh, with Kirk. And this is now you see why Tyreek Hill gets moved. Adams gets moved. Because Christian Kirk's contract pretty much set the wide receiver market in a bad way. That's why you're seeing this money being thrown around to different wide receivers. Um, Jacksonville signs Kirk to a lot of money. They sign another receiver to a lot of money. There is a draft pick from two years ago, that same body style, same build as Debo Samuel. It can do some of the same things Debo Samuel can do for a hell of a lot less money. And uh, was it uh, Chenault? Um guy from Colorado who I like coming out of the draft of 2020. He's a guy that might be available that you might be able to get with a third or a fourth round pick. And he's a guy that's been around the NFL that you don't necessarily have to wait two to three years to see what they can do. So there's still moves to be made and they're likely still going to take a receiver in the second, third, fourth round. And they may still take one in the first. I, you know, good might surprise us all. He's going to do what he's going to do. Yeah, and I'll tell you, when, when Goody came in and we look at this, I mean, the, the drafts we had, I mean, it, it's a draft. You're not going to hit on all, all of your picks, but I thought I thought he's done, I mean, outside of the Jordan Love pick. You know, I, I look at some of the other picks, and, I mean, I, I think he, he's doing things in the best interest of the Packers, again, outside of that Jordan Love pick, which, you know, everybody will debate that. I got a question for you guys, the, the Debo Samuel talk. I mean, he was pretty adamant that he wants out of San Francisco. You think he's going to get dealt today? I mean, we got half the first round to go. I I don't know if he'll get dealt today. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets dealt sometime in, in over the weekend. But I will say this: I I am a I see about less than zero percent chance that he gets dealt to Green Bay. I, I know a lot of people have been, you know, ESPN wise have been saying go get Debo Samuel. He'll be a great fit in Green Bay, and he would be. But Kyle Shanahan's not going to trade Debo Samuel to a team that he's going to be competing with to potentially go to the Super Bowl in 2022. I agree with you, 100%. <laughs> the Jets made sense, yeah. but the, now their picks are gone. Well, the Jets are still going to have low draft picks again next year, too. So they can always trade first-round picks next year as well. And San Francisco needs some picks. They gave up three first-rounders to get Trey Lance. Who has yet to get out on the field on a regular basis? So their their window I, is is shrinking 
quite significantly now with with uh, him being on a rookie contract. And you're next year, you're not going to have a first round draft pick. The year after that, you're not going to have a first round draft pick. That's gonna that's gonna sting a bit. So their time to strike is now if they're going to make a deep run into the playoffs. Yeah, I'm just definitely in now. I'm just looking at it, thinking who who do you? I guess Debo becomes more attractive now because there's no no real definite, I love this guy kind of number one wide receivers left on the board. Do you, do you, do you think Debo is a number one though? I don't, I don't view Debo as a number one guy. I mean, I, I view him as a guy that can come in and be a good compliment. He can run. Evan, you were talking about jet sweeps and the speed off the side. We saw what he did, you know, last year for the 49ers, but I don't see him. I don't see him as a bona fide number one receiver in offenses that are in the playoffs year in and year out or am I totally off in left field guys? Um, I don't necessarily see him as a number one. I think he's a guy who's a weapon that you put him in situations. And I know he doesn't really want to, I think, do the run the ball stuff much anymore because he cost himself a payday by being the guy who uh, um, runs the ball a lot. Um, Because guys who run the ball a lot get hurt more frequently I think he's definitely a guy who you could use as a weapon. As a number one, I don't I don't think he's a number one, but like I said, he's definitely a weapon. Well he wants to get paid like a number one. True. And I, I want to be paid I want to be paid like a number one receiver too. I've seen what Devontae Tyreek Hill got paid. I want to get paid that too. <laughs> it doesn't mean it's gonna happen. <laughs> no, he's, he's probably maximized in that offense. I mean, they're yeah. getting Shanahan is really getting the most out of him. So it becomes a, is he a system guy? I know we talk about quarterbacks a lot being system guys in an air raid offense or something, but he he's used as, are they going to be where he goes someplace else? Maybe he goes to the jets where they, they have uh, Lafleur's brothers, the OC there. Maybe that works, but at some point, yeah, he's not a number one. He's more of a, a wingback kind of guy, an old Johnny Rogers from Nebraska, Give him the ball, get the ball in his hands, but but not the kind of guy that's going to force you defensively to account for him in the passing game on every play. Yeah, I agree. Oh, he's not going to warrant the double and triple team that a Devonte Adams got in Green Bay. Exactly. You, know, you, you can cover Debo one on one and maybe you know cheat a safety over if you want to double him up. But I, again. You know, I look at him and what he did out of the backfield, that's what made him so valuable to that 49er offense. And if you go somewhere else and you put him out on the field, that's why I asked the question. I don't view him as a number one guy. A great number two guy, and Evan, you, you brought it up, you can put him in the backfield, you can you get him into space, and he can be dangerous. But as a guy, as a weapon that you just want to line up on the outside and say, this is my number one guy, I think if a team would – team wants to do that trade for him and give him all that money as number one i think they're gonna flop at that yeah and i i still like i got i want to get your guys' thoughts i brought up the receiver from jacksonville uh chenault uh who was drafted out of colorado a couple years ago you know he's a guy that can do a lot of the stuff debo samuel can do he just hasn't had the opportunities to do it in the hellhole of jacksonville what, what's your thoughts on that option being he's probably a third or fourth round draft pick you're going to have to use, and the Packers do have a couple fourth round picks this year. Yeah, they've got two fourth round picks and one third. Um, I, I don't know. It, it there's, there's a possibility you could find somebody like that. I just 
I think they were. Oh, Josh. Oh, Johan Dotson goes to the Commanders. That's a that is See, a you know, this is a panic move because Washington needed a receiver. They've traded anyways. And uh, Johan Dotson's a guy who is not the, was it, 16th pick, uh, pick in the draft. He's probably more like your 28, 29, or 30. I, I didn't even have him. He's not five. He's 178 pounds. And he's not a, that big of a burner that he's going to scare you going vertical like that. I, I'm a little shocked. I thought he was a definite second rounder. I figured 28, 30, uh, 31. Part of it's because of who's drafting in those spots, both in uh, yes. Kansas City and then also uh, Green Bay. But I guess back to possibility of like Chenault or another receiver going to Green Bay that can do some of those same things that are going to be a lot cheaper. You know, I'll, I'll tell you where I'm at, Evan, right now is you know, I just talked about it, where the Packers are. Now we see this again, the, the Redskins, I I agree with both of you. They reached on this. The receivers are going to come off the board. And are they worthy of first-round grades? I mean, this we see it in every draft. But I, I, just, I just look at the Packers, and I know the focus is on receiver, receiver, receiver. But I also look at, you know, we, we got a lot of draft capital. And I, I don't know if I really want to give it away for Chenault. He's been productive in a, in a really crappy system. And I think he could bring something. If they got a really good deal for him, I wouldn't be, I, I wouldn't sit here and throw my hat on the ground and stomp on it and say that was a crappy move. Uh, I just look at it from a standpoint that I, I do believe that this team, you know, Rogers signing the extension, you know, my, my son and I were just talking about this. It's just disappointing. You know, with Rodgers, we should have been in five Super Bowls. And we really got to get there in the next three years. And to do that, though, is it, a, is it just a receiver that's going to put us in the Super Bowl? I, I just think we got a lot of things that we need, you know, offensive line depth, you know, linebacker depth, uh, another edge rusher. You know, I just look at the draft capital we have, and I, I know everybody wants the receiver, but I'm looking at this draft right now, and I'm like, okay, well, we're not going to get him. I guess now I, I brought it up earlier. Uh, Jamar Chase last year, the anomaly. Those are the guys you're shooting for, the guys that can come in on day one, have a rapport with your quarterback, put up 1,200 yards, get 10 touchdowns. I, at this point, I just don't see a receiver right now that's going to come in and be that guy this year in Green Bay. Hey, but just interrupt you guys here. According to Diana Rosani, the Tennessee Titans are trading A.J. Brown uh, to the Eagles in exchange for Philadelphia's 18th pick. Ooh. Uh, overall pick and another third-round pick, and that's from Diana Rosini. And I'm not re- – yeah, Titans are – Titans are on the clock. The clock. So, Chargers just took Zion Johnson yeah. guard. So, so that's a big trade right there, A.J. Brown. That's who uh, I, I've seen a lot of comparisons to the Burks from Arkansas. I've seen a lot of comparisons to him with A.J. Brown as well. So first and a but, third, so less yeah. than less than the Dolphins gave up for uh, Tyreek Hill. And I apologize for interrupting you there, Troy. I just felt that was uh, some news that needed to be shared. No, it's another. It's another. You know, the, the thing is, and Evan, we did our show at five, six, maybe even longer than that, seven years ago. Yeah. And, and we look at now where the NFL is, and it's now quarterback, wide receiver, and we're talking all wide receiver on draft day. And I, it wasn't long ago where you had, what, two, three receivers in the first round? 
and now we're now we're going to be pushing almost double digits maybe in the first round. And now we got a trade, the Titans trading AJ Brown. You know, that's uh and they they gave up gave up some stuff you know to to be able to get AJ Brown, but You know what I just spoke into existence though. The guy I just said is very similar to AJ Brown. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and the way it's going, you know, I had mentioned it when I first came on, you know, with the receivers going off, maybe we go down, but man, that they might be all gone by 22. Yeah. Who knows? So, and now basically, and I, I was, I, and I honestly wasn't expecting Green Bay to take a receiver. Obviously that's the easy thing to talk about is they need wide receiver help. Wide receiver is a big need. They traded Devante. It's a, a huge need now. Cause you got Lazard, Sammy Watkins and Randall Cobb, your wide receiver room where all three of those guys have not really shown they can stay healthy at all. Um, so obviously wide receiver is a big need and you know, the first round of the draft is not falling in a way that you're going to take a wide receiver in the first round. And the only way I figured they would take a receiver in the first round, if they traded up to get one and most of the guys you would trade up or all the guys you would trade up for is all gone. They're all yeah. gone. You need one wide receiver out of these first four picks, but the, uh, that edge rusher from Purdue, George Karloftis, Never gonna be able to say that, right? He's, he's <laughs> might falling. Have to get used to it. <laughs> he's falling, and uh, Hill Daxton Hill out of Michigan, who's blazing fast at four three eight, is dropping as well too. Yeah, he was kind of a late flyer in the first round, though. So I wouldn't necessarily say he's dropping, just for the fact that it was only recently I started seeing him as a uh, potential first round pick. Yeah, and he and he's smaller than Hamilton, but he's still good sized at six foot one ninety two. So, and, and that is an area that the Packers could be looking to shore up. Menchie's still on the board. Sky Moore, I think, is a second-round possibility at receiver. Second-round talent. I think Troy McBride is – I don't know if he'll still be there at 53, but maybe you move up, package one of your fourths, and move up from that spot to get a tight end. Yeah, to me, the last true first-round first round grade receiver that's left is George Pickens. To me personally, other than that, I think everyone else is more second round type grade. True. Uh, Titans are on the clock. The pick is in, and of course, their commercial break advertising Pizza Hut. Why not? Right. <laughs> not a bad idea. So, do you got? Do you guys think the Packers might try to move Love on this weekend if they can? Um, if they can, I wouldn't be surprised. I. I don't feel the urgency that I've seen a lot of people have to move Love because he's still cheap, and you need uh, you you need a backup quarterback for the fact that um, lots can happen during the regular season. And if Rodgers goes down, I know Love hasn't really shown up to this point that he can be that guy. But I definitely think he's a better option than Ken, uh, Kurt Benkert, and I love Kurt Benkert as like as a personality. And as a person, but I think you get more potential out of love if Rogers were to, you know, uh, you know, be hurt or have to miss a game or so. I think love get, love get love gets you that better chance, and you know, you can still work on trying to develop him into a, a competent quarterback. And we've seen these Lafleur offenses, type offenses we saw in L.A., uh, we saw in San Francisco that really all you need is a competent quarterback in order to be successful in this style of offense. 
now those teams are also now looking for the next superstar quarterback after how good Aaron Rodgers looked in it, hence why the Rams traded for Stafford. But I wouldn't be surprised if they moved him, but I don't really feel that they need to really rush uh, trading him right now either. Yeah, I was just saying if they could get the draft capital for him because that's what it's going to be, and, and maybe they package a, re- a receiver up for him. Yeah. Too. The problem with trading Jordan Love right now is you're likely going to be realistically – a fourth, fifth, or sixth round pick. If you can get him to uh, pull a Matt Hasselback in training camp, when I say that, I mean he, uh, you know, he showed. I'm not saying he ha- he's going to be another Matt Hasselback, but he really showed out. I think it was right around year three in the Packer training camp and uh, and uh, preseason, and they ended up getting a first round pick out of it. Uh, I know there's a, uh, there's draft pick trades in there too. But they traded him to Seattle for their, I think it was the 17th pick to jump up to 12, which unfortunately took Jamal Reynolds. But that's besides the point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good old it's Reynolds. hard to put a value on him now. I don't think Goot's yeah. going to want to admit failure. But you've also got a couple other quarterbacks in limbo that are going to determine the market for this. He, he's not a rookie. He's not completely cheap with five years like some of the rookies are now. But you've got Baker Mayfield out there that's something's going to happen with him. Yeah. And the Titans took Traylon Burks, a younger version of yeah. AJ Brown. I spoke it into existence. So <laughs> I'll take responsibility for that one. Well, you kind of figured the Titans were going to take a receiver after just dealing yeah. Brown. And now you're getting pretty much a, a clone because uh, uh, AJ Brown was also about 6'1, 226 coming out of the draft, too. Yep. Very similar players. So, yeah, and yeah. I think you had brought it up before, Evan, too. You look at this, and so they trade Brown, get Burks, and now the receivers, uh, somebody of A.J. Brown, you're, you're talking you can now get this Burks on a rookie deal, and you, you don't have the salary cap hit that A.J. Brown's going to bring you. Yep, and you get a guy that can do some of this. And uh, Brown is a, is a better route runner coming out of college, but – as you just said, you get a cheap, a guy that can do what AJ Brown can do, but cheaper. San Francisco, don't be surprised if they uh, if they do trade Debo. Same thing happens; they take a receiver, some of their size and skill set to Debo, and try to have him do the same thing. So, here might be a quarterback coming off finally with the Saints pick. So, if you go quarterback and you're the Saints, who do you think they take? I think uh, Malik, uh, either Malik or Pickett. I, I would think Pickett, just because he's more ready. But, but they don't really need a quarterback that's more ready, though. Yeah, with, they get uh, Jameis. Jameis yeah. yeah. Yeah, they can stash him for a year. What do you think, Troy? Saints go quarterback here, or do they go offensive line since they did lose their left tackle to free agency? Well, and that's the thing. You, you got Winston. Do you, do you really think? I mean, I look at this quarterback class, and everybody's – High on Willis, and it's great. He's got that Lamar Jackson comparison. But, I mean, Pickett, you know, he was there. He was a young guy when I was living out in Pennsylvania. I'm not big on Pickett. I, I saw him. I mean, he's developed. <clears throat> you just look at this guy, and I'm like, I look at the quarterback class this year, and, you know, could these guys develop? Again, it's every quarterback, they got to be in the right system. If they're, if they're with the right people and they're with the right team, you can develop a quarterback. 
into your system, you can be productive. I don't look at either of these guys that can go to any system and be that guy. They've got to be on the right team. You know, with the Saints, you know, I look at, you know, Pickett might be able to develop there, but I'm, I'm just not sold on any of the quarterbacks in this class. No, I'm not either. That are going to come out and be bona fide, you know, all pros, lighting up the league. I, I just I just don't like this quarterback class. And there, there's a chance that your best quarterback could be fourth, fifth, sixth pick. He could be a third-round draft pick out of this class. Yeah, I, my, I agree. My and favorite out of this class is Carson Strong, and I think it wasn't for – I think it was a knee injury this most recent season. I think he could have been a guy that uh, could have been a, a, a guy like who blew up on draft going into draft day like your Zach Wilson did. Not saying he would have been a top three pick, but I think he could have been a guy that teams would be flocking to try to get back into the first round to go get. You know, he's got a big arm and he mm-hmm. uh, he, he looks the part. His size and uh, his size and you know the way he looks, he care, he looks the part. You could also have a guy like Matt Corral from Ole Miss who just comes in and fixes what what's wrong, and it's hard to evaluate him given that he was playing in Lane Kiffin's offense, which doesn't translate directly, but with a lot of bubble screens and short stuff, but he could be one of those guys that comes in in a situation like the saints, they clean up some of the mechanical issues with his feet and he could be a guy that exceeds any of these. And I think your real, your real quarterback needy teams are thinking we're Carolina. We'll wait till next year because there's going to be better guys next year. It's funny about brought Corral up. I heard on the radio coming home tonight that he was invited to the green room. So maybe that's the Saints pick right here. Yeah, I mean, maybe. This is a guy that I don't think many people had him as a first-round pick, but I heard he got invited to the green room in Vegas. So somebody could, might be interested in him. Yeah, it could be. And, and, the, and I'm, I was surprised the Lions traded up, but who's ever got picked 32, 31? I can see somebody coming and jumping back in to get somebody at that well, the end Vikings of the first have round. 32 now, so they would have to – somebody would have to trade. I wouldn't be surprised if the Vikings trade back again they're another team that has a lot of holes that they got to fill. Yeah. And they don't have a lot of money to do it either. No. They have a lot of money tied into Kirk Cousins. Yeah, <laughs> good old Kirk. Hey, I'm okay with Kirk being there. Yeah, they, I can, they can keep paying Kirk all they want. That's oh, I agree. They can pay Kirk the lifetime contract in Minnesota. He has maximized his earning potential. Yeah. And, and I wish I had Kirk's agent, though. Yeah. <laughs> See who the Saints the pick is in. You know they have to go to commercial break first. Or not. It's been in for a while. Yeah. So the Pack or the Saints pick is 19. So we've got Pittsburgh, New England, and then the Packers are on the board. So you gotta think at 20 that Willis is gonna come off the board to Pittsburgh. That's been rumored something fierce. Yeah, it's been talked about way too much for it not to happen. Or pick it. <laughs> so it'll, it'll just be weird. So while we're talking, while we're we bring up Willis to, to Pittsburgh, is that a good fit for him? The way Tomlin, the way Tomlin's run that team with Big Ben for so many years. Yeah, but um, they're looking for more. Like they, you, you sign Trubisky who can run a little bit, and you draft Willis, another guy who can run a little bit. Tomlin wants to go out the quarterback that can move, which Big Ben's been a statue. Uh, oh, offensive tackle, wow. Penning from Iowa. Penning. 
Well, they need a left tackle. Uh, I think Armstead went to – I think it might have been Miami. I know mm-hmm. Armstead left. Um, so it's not a bad pick going offensive line. You need to protect Winston and Ramchek, former Badger, uh, former Stevens Point uh, offensive tackle playing the right side. You know, you got him on the left. That potential strong off, potential bookend tackles there if Penning can develop and show uh, play at the, the level the NFL needs him to be at. It's kind of like we were just talking about right now. Did the Saints really want to take a quarterback at 19 if they're not sold on either of those guys? No. I, th- I like that pick. I mean, you, you got to have a line to protect your future, and yep. they're not seeing the future in either of those quarterbacks. No. No, and, and, and it may be it's Corral, Pickett. They're all kind of the same guy. Second, third round, I can grab one and see if he works. Yeah. Well, here's, here's my question. If a quarterback does not go right here, do they have one that goes in the first round? I don't think so. If, if we don't have a quarterback here – Unless somebody trades up to get twenty-five to thirty-two, so they get that fifth-year option potentially. The fifth-year option, yeah, that's the only way it's going to happen. We're not going to have. Yeah, I don't know that we'll have multiples by any stretch. The fact that Detroit traded up, who was a, a possible landing spot at thirty-two for one of these quarterbacks, the fact Detroit traded up, um, kind of eliminated that possibility when they took a mm-hmm. wide receiver. The Steelers are the only team left between now and the end of the first round that need a quarterback. And I don't want to hate on Mitch Trubisky here, but Mitch Trubisky is what he is. He's a guy that's a stopgap. He's going to play solid football for you for a year or two, but he's not going to light the world on fire. He's not going to win you any playoff games at all. You're going to have to make sure you build a really solid team around him. Um, Yeah. So if this pick does not go quarterback, I have a hard time seeing one go in the first round. Unless, no, I'm not going to say it. You guys will both kill me if I say it. Yeah, maybe the Packers will take more. <laughs> you know, that's what I was going to say. You guys are going to kill me if I say it. <laughs> I would imagine he's going here to the Steelers. I, again, I was just, you know, with the, you know, living out in Pittsburgh for the as many years as I did, you know, I, I know that it's the age, I air quote, the age of the running quarterback, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. And, you know, we got a good old Mitch out in Pittsburgh. Yeah, and I the thing I like about Malik Willis before I even look at him as a player is just the way he carries himself. He 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 carries himself to me in a very positive way. He's not a guy you have to worry about off the field. Uh, his teammates love him. His coaches love him. Guys just clamor to him. And he even admitted that when he was in at Auburn, he did not take it serious. That's why he got beat out by uh, by Knicks, who I don't think that all I think he transferred out of Auburn too. But the reason why he didn't get the job at Auburn because he didn't take it serious enough. Going to Liberty humbled him, and he's a much different leader than he used to be. Now, does that trans- transfer onto the field? I don't know. He's got a lot of things that need some work, and then his size is also a concern. But there's just a lot of good qualities just to like about the kid in general. But everything I just talked about – means nothing if you can't put it on the football field. True. True. Yeah. Oh. He, otherwise he's another Joshua Dodds. Who's yeah. And AJ Brown signed a hundred million dollar deal with uh, Philly as well. I don't know the exact terms of it, but yeah. I just, I don't see these DeAndre Hopkins wide receiver contracts. And I know, I, I think the one exception to me is, is Devonte Adams, I think makes the most sense going yeah. to the Raiders. I think they, 
they needed a true number one. He played with Carr in college. There's that chemistry. I, I'm not 100% sure that he didn't move in right next to Carr because John Gruden sold his house. who lived next door to Carr and for $12 million. And Devontae Adams the same week bought a $12 million home in Las Vegas. So they may be living right next to each other. Maybe. Or there are more $12 million homes in Las Vegas than I think there are. Uh, but well, the, you, you get DeAndre Hopkins didn't – you look at the trade that the Cardinals made for him and spending all that money, it didn't translate into that kind of production. One, he yeah. got hurt, but even when he wasn't hurt, his touchdowns, I think he had one more touchdown than uh, the running back Johnson did that got traded for him. Yeah. And on paper, it was a great trade because they didn't give up much to get him. Uh, hence, Bill O'Brien, why Bill O'Brien, the GM, got Bill O'Brien, the head coach, fired. Uh, Bill O'Brien, the head coach, was pretty solid. He led the, the Texans to the playoffs, what, two years in a row with, mm -hmm. I think, you and I and Troy as quarterback. Um, that's the quality he had a quarterback those couple years. But once he got the power as general manager, he couldn't build a winning team. He couldn't sustain it. And he made stupid trades like trading Hopkins to Arizona for basically peanuts. So it was a great trade. It just obviously hasn't worked out as because of you said he hasn't stayed. He didn't stay healthy in 2021. So. And, and how much does that translate? It, it, how much does a wide receiver, can you spend 30 or $25 million and get a guy that uh, all of a sudden you can take him out of the game. You can double him. You know, it's it's not like an edge rusher. It's not like a quarterback. It's not even like a corner where you can just put somebody on there and and say, okay, just wipe somebody off the face of the earth for me and and sit on Revis Island, and and then we've got we've got uh, coverage. It looks like Franco Harris is going to be there. give the Pittsburgh Steelers pick and what do we get? You know, it won't be a running back because it's not it any for Willis. Draft. I feel a little bad for Trubisky. That line of theirs is is a little suspect. Here's a question for you fellas. Jordan Love versus any of the quarterbacks in this draft. If Love was coming out this year, would he be the first quarterback off the board? Oh definitely. He definitely would be. He would have been uh, first round last year, too. Well, last year is very top heavy. And this year, there's really nobody that's the first round talent at all. Just get to it, Franco. Come on. <laughs> wow. Kenny Pickett. So he doesn't have to go very far to uh, play football. No. Same arena, same stadium he played in as a college kid. They're making up for passing on Dan Marino, <laughs> taking a quarterback out of Pittsburgh. So we do get a quarterback in the first round. Yeah. So now does somebody trade back into the first round to get one of these other guys to get that extra year? Um, like that's the reason why I would take uh will uh uh the quarterback from uh, Liberty in the first round is you get that extra year to work with him. Mm -hmm. uh, if so if he becomes a second or third year uh, in the league that he finally starts playing like uh, the quarterback you uh, you're hoping him to be, he becomes mm -hmm. 
it's not you know you still got a couple years left before you got to pay them if you decide to pay them. Uh, so, but if now if you wait till the second round to take some of these guys, you got to make your decision fairly quickly if you're going to pay them or not. Yeah, or they're going to be gone, or yeah. you're yeah. So Pickett is the most ready, so he will give Trubisky a run for the money. So, Troy, I know you said you watched a lot of Pickett when you were living in Pennsylvania. I know you said you weren't a huge fan of him. Can you just kind of talk a little bit again why uh, you have your concerns with him? Well, he's developed. I mean, it's been, uh, geez, what, three years now that I moved away. So, you know, he came in and he, he just it, – it just seemed like the inconsistencies when he was younger. Now, again, this he had a great year this year. You know, let, let's – you know, put it in perspective. He did a great year at Pitt. Uh, he deserves to be a number, the number one quarterback off the board. I just had a chance to watch him every Saturday. And it was just sometimes the decision-making I didn't think was there. It's like, you know, what's going on here? Just, a, it, it, just his field presence when he was younger. Now, again, I didn't watch a lot this year now that I've moved back to Wisconsin. I saw zero pit games this year. I just saw the stats. I saw the highlights. But when I was watching, it just seemed like he got flustered pretty easily. Uh, wasn't really going through his progressions. Now, again, I didn't watch him this year, so I can't be an expert on on Kenny Pickett. You know, all I can remember is his, you know, early years. And, you know, like anything, three, four years in a system, you can develop and get better. And yeah. apparently he has because the numbers were there this year. So he had a great year. Kind of reminds me of Zach Wilson that way out of BYU that went to the Jets last year. That one good year, your senior year. And he's he's only a year and a day younger than Sam Darnold is. Yeah. He's that old. He's an older guy. So the floor may be there, but does he get better with the ceiling? You know, Chiefs I mean, just it. made a trade. They're now on the clock with the Patriots. Yeah, this could be defensive back. This could be offensive line again. This is likely going to be probably Christian Watson out of North Dakota State since the Chiefs are probably going to take a reach here. Or it could be uh, uh, more out of, uh, was it Western Michigan? I always get those. Western Michigan. Michigan Sky Moore. I always get like, Central and Western Michigan confused. It might be that guy, too. They might take a, a reach here. I think they're reaching. I think they jumped ahead of the Packers because everybody's thinking the Packers are taking receiver. Yeah. I I, I would almost guarantee the Chiefs are going to take a receiver. John Mechie's also on the board yeah. from Alabama. That would be in the uh, Andy Reid uh, wheelhouse. You know, it, they had to – you know, you, you think about the needs and the Chiefs. They, they, they got rid of Tyreek Hill – Green Bay's at 22. You got a couple receivers there. I would imagine that this is going to be receiver. Yeah, and it could be pass rusher too because I know the Chiefs uh, could be better at rushing the passer. I, they're, you know, they they should have dominated up front against Cincinnati against an offensive line that was atrocious, and they just couldn't get uh, consistent pressure on the uh, on uh, you know on Burrow at all. So maybe yeah. they go uh, edge rusher here with the guy from uh, Purdue. Uh, Purdue on the board, Florida State. Uh, Johnson still on the board. Yeah, Drake Jackson from SC is a possibility. Yeah, they've got to, the Chiefs have eight picks in the first four yeah. rounds. They've got to get younger and they've got to get cheaper because they've got yeah, some. Got to get cheaper because Mahomes' uh, extension starting to kick in. 
That's that's a lot of cap, and that really is why they had to get rid of Tyreek Hill. And they they have some needs on defense. It would not surprise me if they go with Karloftis from uh, Purdue here and get an edge rusher trying to jump ahead of Green Bay. I'll throw you a wild card for uh, Willis at 23. Does he go to Baltimore? At some point, Lamar Jackson, as as much fun as he is to watch and as interesting as he is, is he worth a full 25, 30, 35, 40 million? And he's negotiating his own contract, which is really odd in this game. With his mom. With his mom. With his, his mom. mom. Negotiating it. Yeah. I mean, I just, at some point, you just go, okay, we'll just get another version of him and take Willis, who might be a better passer in all likelihood. Maybe not as dynamic, but get him and keep somebody on his rookie contract for another four years and allow you to rebuild your defense, which needs help. Trent McDuffie, Washington, corner. Well, they need corner help. And then you're, you're in the division now with Russell Wilson, Herbert getting better every year. You have Carr with new out weapon in Devontae and his, uh, his tight end. And, uh, you know, either Brewer's left field a right fielder or slot receiver depending on you know which way you spell it um Mm -hmm. now in oakland i mean in vegas so it makes sense you gotta get better uh and then you got burned by chase uh the the Bengals are likely team that's going to be between you and the uh between you and the super bowl again the Bengals are another a team that's going to be there and they got talented receivers and chase and higgins so it makes sense they go corner all right, so you have Green Bay on the clock. Yeah. It's kind of hard to pass up that edge rusher. Yeah, it's very hard to take. I honestly, and and I know it's hard, it's easy to say this every year when the Packers are on the clock. I honestly have no clue what they're going to do here. I, I literally have no clue what they're, what they're going to do right here because, you know, the wide receivers that would have made sense, which I know they wouldn't have likely taken a wide receiver anyways, are all gone. Mm-hmm. So, I, I I don't I I literally don't know what Green Bay does here. I think it's got to be in conjunction with the twenty eighth pick. Who do you think is going to still be there at twenty eight? Because there's got to be a couple of guys that you like. Is it? Well, the pick is in, so that was rather quick. So yeah, it's not a trade. I'm trying to cheat here and see uh, if somebody's tweeted it out early. <laughs> I've been good about not doing that, but I'm very, uh, I'm very like getting very impatient here to to figure it out. So, for me, it's it's you either go for the edge rusher from Purdue, or maybe Daxton Hill from Michigan. But I think Daxton Hill will still be there as a safety at 28. And then do you go if you go best player available. To be honest, you're going the uh, the edge guy from uh, Florida State. Possibly, yeah. Really going best player available, and George Pickens is still on the board. I think he's he's my last uh, first round talent at receiver, and I know a couple guys have gone already that I didn't really have as first round talent, but they went anyways. But I think that knee is scaring a lot of guys off Pickens. But yeah, Jermaine Johnson would be a good pick here. Um, I think Pickens will be there in the second round. I think he's not all the way to fifty three though. They probably have to move up in the second to get him. 
Louis Riddick pontificating here as they verify the pick and steam somebody's jersey in the back. <laughs> One quarterback gone. I think it's safe to say we won't see a quarterback go here. I think that's pretty safe to say. <laughs> I hope you're. I hope that would be the. I, I didn't be the consensus. I didn't see Hollywood Brown getting traded. That's out of the blue. Yeah. They trade Hollywood Brown and they take a. Uh, well, they're up next, so we'll see what they take. Yeah, I wonder if the Chiefs jumped ahead of Green Bay because they felt that Baltimore or Dallas could potentially take uh, corner McDuffie. Because it doesn't make sense to jump ahead of Green Bay and take a corner if you're trying to get ahead of Green Bay for something because you obviously know Green Bay is not going to take a corner. No. So maybe they jump ahead of Green Bay based off what Dallas or Baltimore, uh, yeah, Dallas and Baltimore might do. That's the only way it makes it's, any sense. It's got to be. And Green Bay just didn't want to budge then with their pick because yeah. it must be somebody that they. Either way, most of the talking heads are going to hate it tomorrow. <laughs> it's not a wide receiver because they're going to think they should reach for a wide receiver at 22 when there's really not a, a value at 22 a wide receiver anymore. Wow, Walker, the inside linebacker from Georgia. I like him. I, I do like him. He's you know he's a six three, six four, two forty, uh, middle linebacker, which is usually not a position the Packers draft early. Is a position in need because you got uh, you, you know uh, Campbell you're bringing back, but is he going to uh, regress back to what he once was before coming to Green Bay? And then you also have uh, Chris Barnes as your backup. Outside of those two, you got Tyler Summers as your number three middle linebacker. And I don't know if you guys have seen Tyler Summers try to cover or tackle somebody, which I know you have. So I'm kind of being funny here. I think you and I, I think the three of us would do a better job of tackling than Tyler Summers. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with this pick. Uh, again, like I said, at this point, if there was a receiver that could be in, impactful, Go for it, but at 22 and all those receivers that came off the board, this is definitely a need that the Packers had, and we, we saw we saw how important that inside linebacker position was last year for the Green Bay Packers, and we saw two years ago how important that middle linebacker position is with when Tampa Bay when they have White and uh, uh, Davis. That's one of the reasons why they dominated on defense. Yeah, it, it was it was evident last year, and if you can get a guy that can go sideline to sideline, and again, you look at it, Campbell, yeah, he had a great year, but like you said, it, it was one year. You know, the, the guy was out there and available for the Packers because he hadn't done much else in the NFL, and he had a chance with Green Bay, and now now you get a guy that, I can't remember the last time the Packers went, maybe one of you two know. When's the last time the Packers drafted an inside linebacker? Nick Barnett. That's the last well, time they took over. Ten years ago? First round. Because A.J. Hawk was technically an outside backer. Yes, yes. He, he moved, moved in the middle, but he was technically outside. But Nick Barnett is the last uh, middle linebacker the Packers took out of Oregon State. So, yeah. I, again, I'm okay with this pick. I I am – I have I have no no problem with it at all. I'm, I'm yeah. sure I tomorrow wonder, radio will. Yeah, I wonder if this is part of the Joe Barry uh, 
uh, having Joe Barry in house because he's a big, you know, linebackers are important to his defense and he's got uh, guys play some of their best football under him. Look at, you know, Campbell, uh, Littleton, uh, I think it was with the Rams and he Mm -hmm. hasn't done anything since leaving the Rams. Barry's really good at linebacker, uh, getting linebackers and having linebackers play well. And with this guy's size, I'm sure you can uh, squeeze him on the edge a little bit too as a situational uh, pass rusher off the edge. Because like I said, he's 6'4", he's like uh, 240-something. And he's he's a guy that's been mocked to the Packers, um, which I always shake my head anytime I see a, a linebacker or a wide receiver mocked to the Packers in the first round ever. But he's a guy that I've been seeing a lot of guys I, I really enjoy following uh, mocking him to Green Bay at 28, so I'm I, I'm I, I don't hate the pick. Doesn't have a ton of pass rushing stats from college. Oh, well, he's a middle guy. You know, he's yeah, five. And and on that defense, wasn't going to get a whole lot of opportunities no. for it. Now, Kobe Dean, on the other hand, had six sacks last year for Georgia, but he's. 5'11", 229, he's going to be an off-ball linebacker. One of the one of the key key things here about Walker, and this is from Pro Football Focus, one of the best run-and-hit linebackers in the class, give him the freedom to play fast and he'll excel. That's because he's both a speedy 240 pounds and one of the best tacklers in this class, having missed only seven times on 138 career attempts. So he doesn't miss tackles. And he's going to solidify. They've they've got a little bit of a hole in the middle. People were able to run up the gut on him, so that's and probably best guy available on their on their board at this point. See, Bills might go uh, that wide receiver. They might go running back here because they do need help at running back, or they might go receiver here too. Bills got to got to get a running back. They're just. Yeah, I don't. I personally don't take running backs in the first round. I don't agree with taking them in the first round because you keep talking about Aaron Jones and drafted when fifth round. Yeah, and the second pick they had that year, they drafted Jamal uh, Williams in the fourth round. Yeah, I to me running backs, I just I'd get a bunch of fifth round draft picks and draft a bunch of them and see which one can actually play. Yeah, they've their running backs are almost on the verge of becoming fullbacks. Like you just. They just don't exist anymore. And uh, Bleacher Report, of course, trying to push their narrative. Their uh, push, Green Bay, all caps, still doesn't draft a wide receiver. It takes a two-year starter out of Georgia with 22 pick. (laughs) (laughs) I love some of the people that can control those app pushes. Like when – well, first of all, there is likely no chance they're going to take a wide receiver at 22. Yes, I was hopeful that somebody, one of these guys are going to fall. But starting with Drake London going to Atlanta, we saw the run at wide receivers. Guys ju- trying to six. jump up to the top 15. You said there's six taken? Six of them gone. Drake London yeah. at eight. Garrett Wilson at 10. Olive at 11. Jamison Williams at 12. And then 13 and 18. Yeah. Also and, with a 28, and with the 28th pick... You know, maybe Green Bay decides that they're going to. Oh, I didn't even realize Buffalo traded with the Ravens here. Oh, I, I didn't realize. I thought Buffalo was on the clock all along for a second. So they go up two picks to get a fourth rounder for Baltimore. So somebody must have took. Uh, somebody must have took who Baltimore wanted. 
because they traded up to the 23rd with a, with Arizona to get with um, uh, Hollywood Brown. So my guess is when McDuffie got drafted right before Green Bay, that's probably who uh, Baltimore wanted. Now the mm-hmm. guy's not there. Let's kick back a couple spots and get a little bit better value. Yeah, get it. Pick up somebody else. So the Bills have somebody in mind. Is there a running back that you pick in the first round? Probably not. Uh, no, probably not. I, I, there's really not any this year that's worth the first round pick. And they go defense. The corner out of Florida. He's been climbing uh, draft boards lately too. Like he was a early sec, early to mid second round up until uh, until recently when I've seen him mentioned quite a bit as a first round pick. Blazing speed, four three nine in the forty. Good size, six one one ninety four on the outside, and looks like a solid three two year starter for Florida. Not a lot of turnovers, so five did, interceptions in its year career. So does Dallas here go lineman since their offensive line is aging, or do they go a different route now that uh, you know a lot of the uh, top offensive linemen are off the board? What do you think, Troy? All depends on what Jerry Jones thought when he rolled out of bed today. Well, you remember, I think, I don't know if you remember the, the show we did uh, on the draft night years ago, uh, but it was the year uh, Manziel was in the draft. And you and I and most people thought that that's the direction that Dallas was going to go because it just made too much sense for Dallas to draft Johnny Manziel. And you and I joked that Stephen Drew must have locked uh, Jerry Jones in a closet somewhere and he took an offensive lineman. Yep. <laughs> You know, yeah. as much as we joked about that, though, Evan, when you know, because we were doing our, we were doing Red Light Sports Ramble at that time, and that, that was it. That the draft he took three linemen. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. And you that first round pick, I think he took uh, guard out of Clemson or Syracuse, one of those two teams, and it's like okay, but ended up being a great pick. Yeah, and they they had they had a very solid offensive line for a couple of years, and now it, now it's getting old, and you know people are leaving, but. Tyrone Smith is falling apart. They lost their center to a health problem. I think they go Tyler uh, Lindbaum from Iowa, the center here. Yeah. I I think they need somebody in the center that they lost uh, Lael Collins, their right tackle. That was just stupid getting rid of Collins personally. I, yeah, they, at one point they had three first round draft picks with Zach Martin, uh, the kid from Wisconsin playing center and then Tyler uh, Tyrone Smith, yeah. who's far was the guard here. I was thinking of. I think he was from like Clemson or Syracuse or something like that. Yeah. And then they had Lael Collins, who would have been a first round draft pick if he didn't have his off the field issues. So they yeah. really had four first. And they had Demarco Murray as the rushing champion. Collins kind of got screwed though, because all of a sudden going into the draft, all of a sudden uh, it comes out that he's they, the police want to talk to him about this uh, uh, this issue. And mm-hmm. then, so of course, people automatically think he's connected. I think it was a homicide. He's mm-hmm. connected to the homicide as somebody that potentially did it. He goes undrafted, and it turns out he was just, I think, a potential witness. And they just wanted to talk to him about it. And that basically made him go from a first round pick to being undrafted. Cost him and, serious money. Yeah. And he's been a, a model citizen off and on the field, as far as I can tell, before that and after. So I'm surprised I, he he probably should have sued some of these media people who were like, oh, are they looking for him for murder? Yeah, 
and and maybe maybe it was the wake up call for him. Maybe that's helped him stay on the straight and narrow. That maybe if he waltzed in as a first round draft pick, I so much of it I think with these guys is mental that they uh, the the case of do you want to do you want to excel? Do you want to put the time and effort in? Do you want to work hard, or are you caught up with the trappings? The Raiders had a guy a couple of years ago, uh, Lynn Bowden Jr., who was a, a quarterback in college and played some wide receiver, and they drafted him as a running back, and they ended up trading him before they got out of preseason because he just he got caught up in the late Las Vegas nightlife, yeah. and they were worried that he was going to be a bad influence, probably with Henry Ruggs and uh, and David Arnett, who they've had problems. So you, like just getting these guys in the right situation. Green Bay has an advantage. I mean, you're you're kind of like San Antonio in the NBA. You're in a small market, and there's just less distractions. And and I don't know if I was a player coming out that I'd want, want to necessarily go to New York or Philadelphia and have to deal with their media and their talk radio that those guys fans. just <laughs> and their fans. Yeah, that it's just those are kind of you, you go to Green Bay and you're kind of revered. And and the Cowboys, I think, to a, a lesser extent, but but the same kind of thing. You go to the Cowboys. I mean. The greatest one of the greatest jobs in sports is being the starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. You're just thought of as a demigod. And I don't know that I'd want to go to some of these situations where these guys go to, or you know, pull an Eli Manning and say, Hey, I'm just not going to San Diego because you guys suck. <laughs> I don't and I'm seriously I'm not going. Just figure something else out. Yeah. The pro, one of the biggest issues with Philly is just their fans can be so quick to turn on you. They'll love you quick, but then they'll turn on you quick too. Like Donovan McNabb gets booed, then he gets loved in Philly, and all of a sudden he's hated again after the Super Bowl mm-hmm. loss. They'll turn on you so fast. Yeah, versus a guy like Donald Driver, I think could run for governor. He's so beloved, and yeah. and you know you just you have. I don't know that I'd want to as a player. I'd want to be in that situation. Which his son's going to Penn State to play wide receiver, which is kind of still kind of sad on that. You know, and I didn't think Wisconsin really had a shot at him anyways, but. Um, kind of wish Wisconsin could have got you know sealed that deal, but they got pretty good receiving core this year for a change. So, got a chance. All right, looks like the Cowboys' pick is in. So, what does everybody think they go with? I think line. Troy, what do you think? It's Jerry Jones. He loves his lineman. Well, he could. Well, he could go edge though too with. Uh, Losing the guy to Denver, maybe Jermaine Johnson gets taken here. Because I forgot he lost, was it Gregory to Denver? Randy Gregory. When he thought he had him locked up, he was going to come back, and all of a sudden he's he's out. I'm out. And uh, his other guy is getting old. So, yeah, they need some help on the edge. Yeah. They go tackle Tyler Smith out of Tulsa. Bit of a reach. He's probably a second-round talent, but when you don't really have – Anybody else left on the board that's a first round talent to tackle? I guess you have to, you know, you're going to have to reach. Yeah. And Tyrone Smith that they have at left tackle currently is, is shot. I mean, he just, I don't think he can stay healthy for yeah. more than 12 games in a season. And they could use a right tackle as well. Yep. And this fellow's a big one, 6'5, 325. And you can maybe even kick him inside the guard with his body type. They need guard. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they need to get some guys to. You already got Kyle Hamilton as the Ravens. You need help at corner. You need help at edge. You need help at defensive line. 
Uh, you need help at offensive line. Do you go with the center out of Iowa? Do you go with uh, Jermaine Johnson out of Florida State? Do you go with uh, there's a big tackle from uh, from UConn uh, who's been uh, talked about climbing up the boards a lot too, and now I can't find his name. I had him right in front of me. Uh, so I guess if you're the Ravens, which route do you go? I think the Ravens have to go defense. That's what hurt them last year. And I think they're arrogant enough to think that Lamar Jackson with a healthy running back can cover it. I don't understand the Hollywood Brown trade, though. That just startles me that you, you're you traded away one of your few legitimate wide receivers. But and David Bakhtiari chiming in. Uh, love it. Defense wins championships in regards to the Packers pick. Yeah, and it's about time to start thinking about his replacement. You need somebody to groom there on the, the left side of the offensive line. I think they already have him in-house, though. Oh, Travis Jones is who I was talking about. Adrian Amos oh, loves the pick. He's giving a, 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 a flexing emoji for that, for that pick. Aaron Rodgers give any emojis yet? Yeah, I haven't seen him yet. <laughs> I get app pushes for when the Packers tweet, so and they're retweeting uh, uh, Bakhtiari and them. I think this is a good point to make with the Packers pick. Uh, Jacob uh, Westendorf, uh, he does some stuff with uh, Game On Wisconsin. Chris Barnes played 28% of snaps last year. It seems pretty clear now that was based on how the Packers view their personnel, more so than how they how their uh, coordinator preferred to play. I think that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, with Walker now, I mean, you, you can do some different things now with two bona fide middle linebackers. I mean, there's, there's different packages now, that, and you're not going to – I mean, the guy hasn't stepped foot on a on the field yet for the Packers, but you know, based on what he did in Georgia, I mean, you translate that over, and that gives Barry some more, you know, more packages to play with, you know, with, with what he brings. So, and again, he's a thumper. It's not a bad pick. Yeah, Eric Stokes likes the pick. Former teammate of uh, of his. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't a reach. I mean, he was legitimate at that spot. So I'm just so going through Twitter to see what the uh, see what the uh, see what the rest of uh, you know Packer Nation thought. Jason Wilde uh, tweeted out he works for ESPN Wisconsin and uh, the Athletic and Wisconsin State Journal, a lot of other stuff. Uh, he tweeted out that if you're Packers and you have Florida State edge rusher Jermaine Johnson, potential top 10 pick sitting there at 22, don't you take him? Question mark. He's not wrong, but I like the route the Packers went. And who knows if Johnson's sitting there at 28, maybe you take him then, right? Definitely a possibility. Definitely a possibility. Yeah, Pete Prisco gave the. Uh, I know I, I'm not one to. Uh, great picks already but i like pete prisco i i i think he's you know does you know he's really knowledgeable he gives a grade an a 
Uh, this is a heck of a pick. He is a playmaking speed linebacker. We'll give their defense a nice compliment to Devondre Campbell. I know they could have one have gone receiver here, but they can wait. Walker will be big time. So I like the Prisco likes the move. Yeah, there's not there's not a legit first round wide receiver left. No, Pickens would be would be my last one. But I wouldn't be mad. Are they signing Subway sandwiches? I was looking at the jackets. I couldn't get over those. A, a yellow it, and green like jacket. It looks like they're not signing the bread wrapper. They're literally signing the sandwich. That's weird. <laughs> at least it got us talking about it. Yeah. Baltimore's taking their time with this pick. They picked up an extra fourth round pick from the Bills for trading back two spots. So they they must be deciding, or maybe they're going to trade it again and move back. I was just going to say, maybe they're entertaining more trade offers. Yeah, that would not – up oh, pick is in. That seemed to have motivated him talking about it. Well, like not probably – they could probably just uh, search by uh, do a, uh, a search by Packers and see what's popping up right now, instead of just going through my newsfeed, huh? <laughs> there you go. Hashtag Go Pack Go. Yeah. Match the nine. Ravens, Ravens can't go wide receiver here. No. Uh, match nine men from the Athletic. Packers had the NFL worst uh, uh, run defense. It's been bad for years. It took a middle linebacker from the best college defense, who's really good against the run. Devondre Campbell and Cray Walker now manning the middle. Chris Sims, uh, Cray Walker, he wasn't the most hyped Georgia linebacker, but he was without a doubt the best one. Top two linebacker in this draft, speed, length, strength, put in tough position and thrived. Given all the wide receiver off the board, this is a great pick for Green Bay. They weren't going to go wide receiver anyways at 22, but that's beside the point. Leroy Butler liked the pick. Welcome to Green Bay. Okay. So who do the Packers go for at 28? Um, I think I think they probably go defense again. There's the Travis Jones from UConn if Tampa Bay uh, doesn't grab him at 27. Um, or they go edge. Um, Johnson's still on the board. He's a t- he, was a, he was thought to be a top 10 pick. He's still sitting there. Mm-hmm. I think they go uh, defense again. Yeah, there's a couple edge rushers that make sense there. Johnson, Karloftis, and uh, Drake Jackson out of SC are all. Yeah, Drake Johnson, Jackson to me, though, is a second-round pick, though. Oh, they went Lindenbaum, center from Iowa. Which they need help on their offensive line, too. I'm surprised the Cowboys didn't take him. Uh, Mel Kuyper Jr., and I, you know, I take what he says with a grain of salt, but he called the guy the Cowboys took a, quote, penalty waiting to happen. (laughs) There you go. Well, like we said, that's Jerry Jones. But I know a lot of people were uh, not high on uh, when they drafted Martin years ago, too. And you and I joked about the, uh, the the pick and ended up being a pretty good pick for them. So we we both felt there were better linemen on the board at that time if they went line or better 
uh, value pick for the Cowboys that particular, and ended up working out for them. So, you know, like I said, I take what Kuiper says with a grain of salt, and uh, you know, he's he's not the Kuiper that he used to be. Now he's, you know, he's not. I don't think he's as like on the ball as he used to be when it comes to like player evaluations and whatnot. And who was the GM that commented? Mel Kuyper, who who the hell is that guy? Bill Polian. Yeah. Oh, that because was Bill Tobin. That was Bill Tobin. Oh. Yeah. I thought it was Bill Polian when it was with the Colts. Was it Bill po- Tobin? It could have been. Yeah, because they're bringing his jock strap because he drafted Trevor Trevor Alberts. Yeah, it was Bill Tobin. Yeah, it was Bill Tobin and uh twenty five years ago. <clears throat> uh he uh, said, Who the hell is Mel Kuyper Jr.? The 1994 draft, the Colts took a guy who I uh, believe they took a guy who later became uh, a, a key tool for the the greatest show on turf, Marshall Falk. Yep. He, he felt they should have took – Mel Kuyper felt they should have took a quarterback number two overall, um, and they ended up taking Marshall Falk, and he's – complaining about it and Tobin, who the hell is Mel Kuyper Jr.? <laughs> yeah, but not every person. You know, and, and yeah, and I and, and I I don't that I don't like love Kuyper Jr. much, but the draft isn't what it is today without him though. Oh no, he is the godfather of the NFL draft. I remember back when it was Mel Kuyper Jr. and uh, Pro Football Weekly, and that was it. Like you couldn't, we couldn't follow online. We didn't have scrolling, and and he really built it from a cottage industry into. Uh, and the NFL's done a great job. I mean, it, it's it's an exciting event in the off season, and and it works well. I mean, you you look at baseball and basketball, and their drafts are nowhere near as interesting as these are. The Jets you know, are on the board now. Jets made a cha- trade with the Titans. Yeah. So this is their third first round pick. They're going to be defense probably. Well, most likely not quarterback. No, because they got Zach Wilson last year. Unless they decide to pull a uh, Kingsbury and get rid of get give up on him already. Oops, somebody's phone's going it's off. Me, yeah, it's me. Excuse me for one second. <laughs> Hello. There we go. <laughs> you're good. Sorry. I, just, I didn't know how long you're going to be on, so I just muted you, Mike, for a minute. I'm sorry. I was pizza guy was here. Oh, okay. Early. So. But Troy, what do you see the Jets doing here? I would imagine defense. I mean, when you're the Jets, you pretty much can't go wrong anywhere. Anybody, yeah. Yeah, this is total best player. There must have been somebody they looked for to trade back into the first round, though. Yeah. Third first round pick. Well, I mean, they were- there is one guy who was I, – I, I hope I didn't speak it into existence again, but one guy who was uh, seen as a uh, a first round – a top ten pick who's still sitting on the board, that's somebody to go up and get. It very well could be, and that's – that's that's what happens when you get that you got that rash of receivers, bam, 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 and guys guys that were projected are going to fall down, and 
you know, it's, it can help other teams. I mean, I'm sure he's not happy about it, but. Probably not. Yeah. And yeah, a third of your first 18 picks were receivers, six of the 18. That's going to push some people down that might've been in the first round. And here comes Goodell, who's going to, you know, loves getting booed. A few Jets fans in attendance. What a great spot to hold the draft, though, in Las Vegas with so much to do. And I do wish Green Bay would have got it over Detroit, though, personally. They go defense. Jermaine Johnson out of Florida State, the defensive end. When you have a guy who's uh, a bona fide top 10 pick fall it to 20, what, 26, 26. you definitely, yeah. you definitely uh, trade up. Well, anybody that can wear that sport coat. <laughs> wow. I think I could pull it off. I I would give you props for that. I Obviously, <laughs> you're not going to wear socks. And that is quite the uh, quite the ensemble. No socks. No socks. Well, you gotta have the pants a little short then to show off that you're going to wear socks. Yeah. Plus, he's maybe preparing for a flood too. You know, you never know what's mm-hmm. gonna happen in Vegas. They get a lot of rain in Vegas, don't they? Yeah. No, it's a desert. He used all his money on the coat, didn't have money for socks. Yeah. yeah. Or pants that were long enough wearing the ones from last year. So he played at Georgia and then moved to Florida State. Yeah. That Georgia defense a couple of years ago had quite a few young men that were. Uh, Outstanding football players. Yeah, kind of the thing with the the whole transfer portal, which I'm not, I don't mind it whole, a whole lot, but I think it's kind of starting to get to the point where it's being abused a little bit. Jacksonville just traded with Tampa to move in. Well, you know they're not doing quarterback. You would think they're not going to take a running back since they drafted Travis Entienne in the first round last for some year. reason. I don't I know mean, why. That you mean drafted rookie free agent run for twelve hundred yards his rookie year. Let's go draft the yeah. back. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Troy. No, oh, no. I was gonna say at twenty eight, Willis is still available for Green Bay. Yeah. There you go. Are they make are they on the phones right now saying, Hey, who wants him? <laughs> yeah, this that twenty eight twenty nine would be when a quarterback needy team yeah. in a, a typical year when you have more than zero potential stud quarterbacks in a draft, this is where you trade back in. Yeah, and if you're going to redshirt him, this would be the spot to get him now versus get him uh, yeah. in the second round and then have only two or three years to evaluate him. Yeah. So Jacksonville does not need a wide receiver because they, they signed two to a ridiculous contract. Yeah, Christian never a 1,000 yards. Yeah. They don't need wide receiver help. As I mentioned, they don't really need offensive line help now, which maybe they're going to take the tackle from uh, one of the Michigan schools, Central Michigan, Western Michigan, Eastern, one of the three. Two from Central Michigan, uh, Bernard Raymond or Luke Godeke, offensive lineman, both from Central Michigan. Although I had them as a definite day two, maybe third round picks. Minnesota's got a massive offensive lineman. Yeah, I always get Western Michigan and Central Michigan confused sometimes. I don't know why. <laughs> I remember J.J. Watt went to Central Michigan, not Western. Yeah. 
the Chippewas and the Broncos. Central Michigan is the Chippewas, and that's where uh, Dan Orvalaski went. What's he famous for again? Either you remember? He's the commentator. No, but what's he famous for as a quarterback? Uh, I have no idea. When he played for the Lions. What did he do with the Lions? I don't even remember. Who was that defensive end that the Vikings had that used to play for Kansas City? What was his name? Defensive end that... Jared Allen. Jared Jared Allen. Allen. Okay. Jared Jared Allen was chasing after him for a sack, and he ran out of the back of the end zone for a Oh. (laughs) Not, Not good pocket awareness. No, not at all. You, know, you were speaking earlier about how quarterbacks can't be touched anymore. I saw a clip on YouTube. It just popped up. Uh, Wilbur Marshall, back from the 85 Bears, sacked the uh, Lions quarterback. And he had like a, I don't know, maybe a 20-yard running head start on a straight line and hit him so hard. And then they had Ditka cut with the commentary. And Ditka said, I, I thought he was dead. Like he just went, it was Dave Craig, and he just went out and he went completely out. He went night-night, and Wilbur Marshall hit him so hard, uh, it, now it would be a fine and penalty, I'm sure. But oh, yeah. It was a legal hit, and he just hauled off and, and had a running head start. In the, I don't know if he didn't see him or thought he could get the pass away or thought he was going to pull up, but just got laid out. And uh, we don't see that that much anymore. Now that yeah, it's- quarter, the, it was a linebacker from Minnesota. Packers took, was it two years ago? Or last year, I don't know. He got cut. He got cut after his. He got cut this past season. But when the Packers are playing the Colts, it would have been two years ago. He hit that through that a gap so hard and nailed Philip Rivers. I'm surprised Philip Rivers got up after that. Kind of the same thing. He just busted through that and just leveled leveled him. Yeah, it's not often they get a shot like that anymore. No. Martin, I Martin, I was kind of sad on that he never. Uh, you know, he had an okay rookie year after he came back from injury, but I don't know, just something never clicked with him after that. It's tough. Some guys don't ever recover. Yeah, he uh, he just – Joe. I, I think the Packers saw fairly quickly that he didn't fit Joe Barry's defense and decided, you know what, uh, we don't really need you right now, so bye. And then you, you pick up a guy like Rasul Douglas off the street essentially – and plug him in there, and he has a, a Pro Bowl-esque season. For... Yeah. And he came in, what, about mid-season? Mid-season, yeah. Season? Yeah, just pick it up and, and go from there. And right place, right time, right system. But, yeah, he uh, he played rather well for him. And what a great third corner to have this year with Alexander and Stokes. All right, here's Mel's five best available. Daxton Hill, the safety from Michigan. Malik Willis from uh, Liberty, the quarterback. And out of those five, really probably only one of them is probably a first-round prospect, and that's Devin Lloyd. <laughs> yeah. Dean, I've seen mocked a couple of times. Although he's small, she's under five, six foot. Like 5'11", five, 5'10". Yeah, for like two night, 220-ish. Although an off-ball linebacker. I, I still think Daxton Hill's got a chance. I think he's – I mean, he's the second best safety, but I think he he could definitely be a guy that – he's got that speed at 4.38. Yeah, he definitely had that speed. Watch this showing him here like he's going to be the pick and watch him not be the pick. 
Well, might be going <laughs> Green Bay next. Yeah, because Green Bay's pick's probably technically in right now. They're probably already at, have New England by now, but they got to stretch mm-hmm. it out. Think he has enough hats in front of him? Yeah, I'm sure he's got a few. Oh, the table in front of him, there's just nonstop hats. So, Troy, what are your thoughts on Trayvon Walker going number one? Is that a reach to you, or do you think they should have won Hutchinson or a different route? Well, you, you again, you draft a guy, and are, are you looking for a guy that has potential or a guy that, I mean, there's it all depends on the team. I mean, you just you look at it, the guy's got a ton of potential. He's got the size, he's got the strength. He's just not a proven commodity. I mean, he could be great. He could also be a bust. So yeah. I'm, I'm not saying it's a reach, but it was it, it's a risky it, pick at one. Yeah, that that's my thing. First overall, he's not a proven commodity. You know, if he works out, you look like you're a hero. If he doesn't, you know, you he just might be drafting first overall next year. Yeah, for a third year in a row. Jacksonville's pick is in, and uh, who do they go? And, Packers just tweeted up. They're back on the clock. Yep. Devin Lloyd, your inside linebacker from Utah. I like Lloyd. I think he's a guy that can definitely be a solid middle linebacker. Jacksonville already has a pretty solid defensive line. And with uh, with Mac, uh, a solid linebacker there. So now you get Devin Lloyd. They definitely are putting together a front seven that can be pretty disruptive. And then if uh, – if, um, if uh, Walker becomes the player that they hope he becomes uh, on the opposite side of the defensive end, Josh Allen, mm-hmm. uh, th- that's, like I said, they got a front seven that can potentially be pretty disruptive. Yeah. And they, and they, they're one of those teams that they could take anybody in any of the rooms in the yeah. building that they, with the exception, probably of quarterback, you just, you need to start just getting guys that can play that aren't, uh, aren't stiffs and they've just got a odd roster built right now well that was quick packers pick already in maybe their pick is hill and that's why they're showing hill maybe the packers caught him and espn didn't realize who were who he was who they were talking to because uh hill looked happy maybe he goes into england with the 29th pick too because maybe new england's picks already in yeah i think they go defense here New England could use a safety. They're getting it long in the tooth with yeah. picks in the 40s, I think. As shocking as this is to say with Jair Alexander and Eric Stokes and Rasul Douglas, Green Bay can use a corner slash safety too because Alexander's a free agent at the end of the year. He's not playing on his fifth-year option. Amos is a free agent after the year. Savage, you have to make a decision on his fifth-year option. That sec- back half of that defense could be uh, a huge uh, – weakness fairly quickly. They don't have a lot of depth either. Um, they had uh, their slack corner leave, which wasn't a big deal anyways because he's just a guy, but you lost your slot corner. Kevin King's still a free agent. You need more bodies in that room. So mm-hmm. Hill would be a good choice for Green Bay. Defensive yeah, line. It's either, it's to me, it's either got to be Hill or it's got to be the edge rusher Karloftis from uh, yeah from Purdue. You, that's the only people that I see that really have first round 
anybody else is a a stretch unless there's some offensive lineman that they're in love with. But I think yeah. second, third round, you've got two picks in the second. You got five picks in the second, third, and fourth round. You got to be able to find some offensive linemen there. Yeah, I know they lost two offensive linemen who started for them last year uh, at times in regards to Lucas Patrick and then in Billy Turner. But offensive line is not as big of a need inside the building as people outside the building are thinking. You have Yash Nyman, who's likely going to be playing your right tackle spot um, until Elton Jenkins come back. You just drafted Rice Newman, who struggled at times last year but showed potential. He might have a second-year bump. You have John Runyon Jr., a sixth-round pick in 2020, who has been playing outstanding football. And you also have uh, Hanson, who you drafted in 2020 as well, who had been on the practice squad two years ago and was on the active roster as your number three center last year. The, the Packers feel – I think they feel pretty comfortable with what they have. Otherwise, they don't let Lucas Patrick leave the building. I don't see the Packers taking an offensive lineman here at 28 because no. it's really not an offensive lineman is that they need to step in and start. No, and they can get somebody third, maybe that 59th pick in the second round or in the fourth round even where, yeah, they get another John Runyon that that does it. I'd like to see Jenkins get back and get healthy, and I just don't and know I don't, how many. Go ahead. I just can say I don't know how much longer Bakhtiari stays healthy. Yeah, I just don't see – I don't see Elton Jenkins is a better overall athlete than Bakhtiari. I think he has a. I think he has an easier time coming back from his ACL surgery than Bakhtiari did. Every and ACL he's surgery younger. is different. Yeah, he's younger too. Every ACL surgery is different, and I think he comes back uh, sooner here. So, pick is in Troy. Where do they go? I think I think they're going to go with Hill at safety. I mean, you got to you got to go best available, and I mean the the need. I mean, what else are you going to do? You're going to reach anywhere else. I mean, even yeah. for Hill. I mean, I, w- I would have been okay if they would have even traded back on this pick and picked up another draft pick. But Hill's good. So I would imagine that's where they're going to go. And if it's it's not, it'll be a surprise to see who it is. I'd agree. It's either Hill or Karloftis. I'm okay with Karloftis, too. I mean, being being in Big Ten country, that guy's got a motor. Mm-hmm. He would be Either of those two would be good right here. Yeah. I don't think, well, as much as I like the kid from UConn, I don't think it'll be you, the kid from UConn, uh, Jones, because it doesn't really fit Gutenkus' pedigree. And he, uh, Jordan Love is the one non-Power 5 conference pick the uh, uh, Packers have took taken in the first round. Every other pick has been a Power 5. It, it, can, it, can, it can, uh, continued here with uh, their first pick in the, with 22nd. Wow, Andrew Whitworth has lost some weight since the end of the yeah. season. He has scaled down significantly. Yeah. We've seen Joe Thomas. He, like, lost a ton the second he stopped yeah. playing. Yeah. Well, they – yeah. And probably better for him. There was – Lincoln Kennedy played for the – I think the Oakland Raiders way back, and he was playing, and uh, he was – retired and got up to like 400 pounds his wife made him unretire and go play arena football just to lose some weight and he had he told stories about like there'd be six five or six plays into a drive and he'd start to get tunnel vision because he would overheat in his helmet he was so big 
And it's just like, wow, that is that being 340 pounds, 350, 360, you just, that can't be healthy. So they're having a former Ram and Bango announce the Packers pick. Or is he just accepting his award? So before we do go Packer pick, Lamar Jackson had a nice little reaction to uh, the Hollywood Brown trade. WTF. <laughs> maybe maybe he'll scrub his Instagram account of all the Baltimore Ravens uh, references like uh, Kyler Murray did. And uh, Russell Westbrook this week scrubbed all the Lakers stuff off his Instagram. I'm sure the Lakers would be fine with him leaving, though. The general yeah. manager, LeBron James, I think, uh, realized that that was not a good fit, and I think he's going to look to get rid of him. Mm. Yes, I call LeBron James the general manager. Yeah, yeah, he was – well, they, they passed on DeMar DeRozan, who I guess flew out and met with LeBron at his house several times and – uh he decided to yeah, Westbrook instead. Yeah, and DeRozan had a pretty good year for the Bulls. Okay, there's Andrew Whitworth. Yeah, we have to have him accept Walter Payton Man of the Year award before we get the Packers pick. Maybe three or four more commercial breaks, too. Oh, maybe not. Well, I think we're going to go with it. Three straight Georgia players in the first round. Wow. I like Wyatt. I think he's better than Davis. I think he's a guy that can – he's a guy that he could be a 3-4 down lineman where Davis you're going to put in and run plays. Doesn't really offer you anything outside of that. I think Wyatt's a guy you can play next to Kenny Clark in your two-man uh, defensive lines, and I think he brings you more than what you currently have with in Green Bay. He just, I think he can do similar things that Kenny Clark could do. And then you got Slayton to be that uh, run-stuffing tackle and maybe less Dean Laurie moving forward because we saw last year that with Dean Laurie, less can be more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, certainly short up the, the middle. You had run run problems, and now you've got a defensive tackle and uh, a middle linebacker <laughs> walking out of this first round. And that's got to take some – some pressure off everybody else defensively. Yeah, and I, I bet you uh, Stokes is quite happy right now, huh, Troy? <laughs> I would imagine <laughs> former teammates of his. I would imagine. Well, you know, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be mad if we had a Georgia defense in Green Bay. That was a pretty dominant defense in college. So, and I got to think Wyatt here value wise is a lot better than Trayvon Walker was with the first pick. Yeah. Yeah, Eric Stokes likes this one again. So, all right, guys. Well, I appreciate the time. I'm gonna I'm gonna head on out while you guys finish up your show. It's fun chatting with you guys. Yeah, appreciate you coming on. It's been a while. It has been. We'll have to get to, we'll have to get together soon again. Yeah, definitely. You know, you're always welcome to come on and join me to talk sports. So, well, you got my number. Just let me know if you want me to. Yeah, we'll do. Appreciate it. All right. You guys have a good night. Happy night. Too. All right. So the Patriots pick came in quick. Yeah. Well, now teams pretty much already know who they want, and it's not as much of a wait. I don't, I, I'm guessing because these picks are coming in so quick, too, 
Um, I'm guessing is there's not a lot of uh, there's not a lot of uh, trade trade talk coming in right now. Yeah, I would have thought with this many quarterbacks, somebody with Willis, I would have thought I would have thought somebody would be making a play to get him for that fifth year. But maybe he yeah. ends up. Maybe they all end up with the exception of Pickett in the second round, which is going to make it interesting. And everybody will regroup tonight and look at it. I just some of these teams. And I look at with Baker Mayfield still being out there and whatever the price tag is for him. And I know he's going to make 19 million for the next year, but you look at Baker Mayfield, you look at Jimmy Garoppolo, and then you look at Sam Darnold with Carolina. I I just, I don't know, Drew Locke, the starter in Seattle. I just don't know how you go into the season with those guys under center and other options that are experienced that, and I think Baker Mayfield got a raw deal with Cleveland. I think he, uh, yeah, he has every right to be ticked. Yeah, and off the field issue aside, though, when you have an opportunity to bring in uh, Deshaun Watson, who is uh, shown that he's a like legit um, number one quarterback, where Baker has been very up and down um, so far in his career. I, I understand Cleveland going for going with it uh, off the field problems aside, but to not really tell him and just do it, I think was kind of the wrong way to do it. Well, I and now point, you're not trading him either. <laughs> yeah, my yeah, you should have traded him when you had a chance. Uh, my questions on it are: yes, the off the field issues are huge, and a bit of a PR nightmare. To besides the fact that he could be suspended for half a season or more, but, you know, Deshaun Watson in his last year starting, and he's been out for a year now, he sat for a year, but his last season before that, he was four and 12. And you gave all that guaranteed money. I mean, you're locked in, you are locked and and this better work out. And quite frankly, I don't think Stefanski is that good a coach. I don't think he's been that good. Does he have Bill Callahan running his offensive line? Yeah. Okay, that's that's a pretty good offensive line coach. He's been an excellent coach everywhere he's ever been. When he was with the Raiders, when he was with the Cowboys, when he was with Washington, he's been a great coach. Alex Van Pelt, I think, is a better offensive coordinator. He's not the play caller there, but I think he's a better play caller than Stefanski is. I just there are times where Stefanski, you just scratch your head and wonder, and and he wasn't that great in Minnesota. I I just I, I'm shocked that he. He gets the adulation and the respect that he gets, and it all fell on Baker, and Baker toughed it out. And then you have Case – you traded Case Keenum, which doesn't make any sense because he knows that offense. He ran that offense in Minnesota. He did well in that offense. You trade him and get Jacoby Brissett, and he may end up being your starter for eight games this year. That doesn't make any sense. Depending on what happens with Watson. Yeah, depending on what happens with Watson. And so how does that – like? I don't understand those moves for Cleveland for what could be a team that's, that's poised to go to the playoffs, but yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to uh, circle back quick on, on the Packers two first round picks. Cause I was uh, looking through Twitter a little bit. Um, and thankfully a lot of uh, people are taking it well, but a few people who I don't think they're really, you know, Packer fans, I think they're, you know, all their media people or whatever talking about how they're basically spitting in Rogers face, not taking a wide receiver there in the first round 
but I think the Packers did it the right way. They there's no wide receiver on the board. Guard out of Chattanooga, Cole Strange. Very strange pick, pun intended. <laughs> he was ranked fairly high, but I, a guard pick. I will say this: Bill Belichick loves him some centers and guards. Yeah, he. I mean, you you think about what they've had. He doesn't like getting his quarterbacks pressured in the A gap. Yeah, they so, killed Tom Brady in the two two Super Bowls against the uh, the Giants, getting pressured yeah. in the A gap. Yeah, and and that AFC Championship game against Denver when uh, Peyton Manning was there, they they thumped him pretty good in that one, and that got Peyton to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Well, I again this this pick kind of surprises me here with Cole Strange, and I know you said you like his interior lineman, but ESPN showing a graphic right now that he had a ninety three percent chance of still being there at pick fifty four, which is the Patriots' next pick. But yes. back to Green Bay, though. So twenty two pick was the twenty second pick with the receivers that were left: George Pickens, a reach; Kristen Watson, a reach. Uh, Sky Moore from uh, one of the mission schools, a reach. The receivers that are still on the board at pick 22, you, you're, you're reaching for guys. Just You're taking a receiver just because you need to take a receiver. You're not taking a guy, you know, the best guy on the board. And in the first round, you take the best guys on the board. That that's, it should be everybody's strategy in the first round. Take the best guy on the board. And the Packers feel they need depth and need some help at middle linebacker with uh, only having Campbell there, really, who you can depend on. Now you have a guy that you could put next to Campbell, and you have a very athletic two guys in the middle at middle linebacker. Defensive mm-hmm. line, as big of a weakness to me as wide receiver. Outside of Kenny Clark, they have nothing. Um, you have a potential in TJ Slayton, but potential is nothing until it, it shows up. Uh, you have Dean Lowry, who's literally the definition of just the guy. Like, if you looked up just the guy in the dictionary, there's mm-hmm. a big old picture of Dean Lowry staring at you. And, um, and, Dean, and Dean Lowry's good for 10 snaps a game, yeah. 15 snaps, tops. I like him as a rotational piece. I don't like him mm-hmm. starting. So now with Wyatt, you get a guy you could put next to Kenny Clark who can who can dominate up front. You got Gary and Smith on the outside. You have Walker and Campbell in the middle, and you got a defensive line of Gary Wyatt, if he's able to uh, contribute right away, and TJ Slayton, who is a monster size-wise. You have a defensive front that can really do damage and a good back half of your defense, too, in Stokes, in, Gary, in Alexander, in Savage, in Amos, in, in Douglas. You have a very good uh, three levels of your defense. And you have a defense that could compete at a championship level. And they play championship-style defense against San Francisco. The special teams literally crapped the bed in the uh, NFC divisional round. And I know Rodgers didn't play the best, but if special teams is even competent in that game, the Packers get through with a victory. Even, yes. even if they were below average in that game, they squeak by with a victory. Their their defense in the last two playoff games they've lost has played well enough for them to win. They had three picks against Brady the year before. You're right. They played well enough last year, special teams disaster aside. So now the question is, what what do they do on day two? You've got two picks, 53 and 59. One of those would be a receiver. 
got to be. That I can pretty much almost guarantee. And you've got some ammunition to move up. You've got a third and two-fourths if you want to, if there's somebody you like out of this group. The Packers have a history, pre most obviously pre-Goody. They have a history of taking wide receivers in the second round that end up being really solid players. Greg Jennings, uh, Devontae Adams, Jordy Nelson, all guys that were great Packer players. Randall Cobb was a second-round pick. He did a had pretty good career uh, first mm-hmm. go-around in Green Bay before injuries caught up. Who knows how the second go-around in Green Bay is going to go. Injuries have already been a problem. But he, they have a history of taking receivers in the second round. And I know Goody doesn't have a uh, um, a big track record at the wide receiver position with drafting receivers, but maybe he'll take a chance in the second. Yeah, I think you got to, to me, wide receiver, backup offensive lineman's got to come up in the second or third round and uh, probably an edge rusher with those three picks. If you can walk out of that, you've had a pretty good draft. Yeah, apparently and apparently Rodgers was on Pat McAfee commenting that uh, it was right for Green Bay not to uh, pick a receiver after the top six went. He said there are plenty left for second and third round. So. Yeah, Rodgers gets it. Yeah. Everyone thinks Rodgers is like punching holes in the wall, screaming and yelling, and uh, you know, probably throwing you know clay that um, what's her name left in his place after she left left him again. But he he's a smart guy. He understands the process of things. He the biggest thing Rodgers wanted. He does. He didn't want to. Uh, Randall Cobb aside, he didn't want to be the general manager and make the decisions for green Bay on who they draft, who they sign. He wanted some input. So, you know, Sammy Watkins, for example, I guarantee you (coughs) Rogers had a lot to do with Sammy Watkins signing the green Bay. Rogers got on the phone with him. Rogers probably talked to green Bay and said, Hey, this guy wants to play here. He's he, 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 he fits what we want to do here in green Bay. He, he's willing blocker. He's a deep threat. Let's get him in here. And they did like that. Rogers just wanted a voice. He doesn't want to be the voice. He wanted a voice. And he, he, understands, that, yeah, he understands that there were six wide receivers uh, that should have been first round picks. The other uh, couple was there. Is there seven now that went six went six all, went. Three, all the first 18 picks. Yeah. Well, out of those six, then only probably four of them should have been first round picks. Dots Doxon shouldn't have been a first round pick. No, that's I don't know. I don't understand what's going on in Washington. Yeah. They just throwing it at a dartboard. Yeah. So he understands that hey, the guys that could have been there for us are gone. We I we have the Packers have to look big picture. And I, I completely see, you know, where Rogers is coming from uh, on McAfee stating that, you know, wide receivers the ones we needed or wanted or could have got were off the board. Let's focus on second round now. True. And, and truthfully, if, if he's not in a shootout every week, that's going to help him. And, and truthfully, yeah. let's be honest, they're going to win 13 games next season. They're going to cruise through the NFC North. Yeah. The division awful. The division's awful. So what do you do in the playoffs? So what do you, who you got to beat? You got to beat the Rams, Tampa, Nobody from the NFC East is going to be a threat. Is anybody from the NFC South going to be a threat? Carolina. Tampa Bay really is it. Tampa Bay's it. So really it's Tampa, 
And now you have a, a new head coach. Well, he's been a head coach before, but in Tampa Bay, you have a new head coach again. And uh, Todd Bowles, and he he didn't do that well in uh, in Arizona. Now he did. I mean, sorry, not Arizona. New and with the Jets. And yeah. granted, the Jets are just a black hole, and he definitely deserved another head coaching job in the NFL. So great for him for getting it. And, but, and the offensive coordinator stays the same, and you don't add. Yeah. I, I think in a, in a lot of ways, I think what you saw with Brady in his second year was more was less Bruce Arians' offense, and the stories about the disconnect with Arians working out and rehabbing his ankle and his Achilles and then coming in after Leftwich and Brady had kind of got the game plan set, I think annoyed him. That's what I'm curious with the Saints. Can Jameis Winston, is he a better quarterback than we saw with Bruce Arians and the, the yeah. no risk it, no biscuit offense? And he, he looked he looked like he was going to be a solid quarterback in New Orleans before the ACL there. I think he had one or two interceptions on the year and the Saints had two losses at the time. So yeah, they're five and two. He definitely looked. Go ahead. Yeah, he, he threw thirty touchdowns his last year in Tampa. He threw thirty interceptions, but that's yeah. that's Arians' offense. That's what it's always been. So a little less of Arians, maybe uh, Tampa Bay, maybe the Saints are good. I don't know. You got the Rams, who Super Bowl hangover, maybe the Niners, maybe. Green Bay's got to be thinking, what are we doing in the playoffs? How do we beat those teams? And hopefully yeah. at Green Bay. So Bengals are pick is in. Daxton Hill went. And then we have one pick left. Yeah, Daxton Hill. That's a good pick for them. Yeah, they need some some help there. Yeah. And he's a guy that's very versatile. He can play safety. He can play slot corner. I'm sure he can play boundary corner in a pinch. Mm-hmm. It's a great pick. And he's uh, probably – should have went in the, the 20 to 25 range and you're getting him at 31, you know, so you're, you're getting a good value out of him and six foot one ninety two. Like I said, he could probably play boundary in a pinch too. Yeah. So I like the pick Daxton Hill's a pretty solid football player. Yeah. And, and the chiefs kind of call back or highlight here. The chiefs before that got uh Carl Laftis, the edge rusher from Purdue. Yeah. And so they that's need pass rush help. They need, yeah, they need some help defensively. So now you've got the Vikings in, and their pick is turned in. I have no idea what they're going to do. Um, Truthfully, they could go quarterback here. Yeah. Yeah, could. You got a new um, head coach who's an offensive guy. You also look at potentially um, offensive line. You know, maybe they pull a Patriots and draft a guy from Chattanooga or – some random college, you know, pick a random college in this country, offensive lineman, you know, they might go that route. Um, uh, defensive backfield is a need. I know one of the guys they probably would have liked just went, but they, maybe they go corner. Clemson has a good guy, Booth, I think his last name is, who's a pretty solid corner. That's a good option there. So they have a lot of options to go. There's still a lot of talented pieces on the board. Um, a lot of talented pieces on the board for tomorrow. Yeah, well. there's there's some receivers out there that you could draft a bunch of them in the second and third round. Menchie's still there from Alabama. I don't. I think without the injury, he would have gone in the first round. Oh yeah, he would have been a probably top fifteen pick for sure. I know. Uh, well, when the one that went from Bama is the, you know, has the higher up, up, upside out of the two. But he probably would have been a top 15, 20 pick for sure mm-hmm. if it wasn't for the knee injury. 
And we're at yeah. the 32 pick already, and it's only 1032. I'm quite surprised. Right along. And it really, you mentioned the Patriots with an obscure college in Chattanooga. Not the most obscure they've done. True. They did draft uh, in 2020 in the second round. They drafted Kyle Duger, their defensive back, from Lenore Rhine College, yeah. which nobody Interesting. And that was the 37th pick, so that was almost a first-rounder. Maybe the Vikings take a punter here or a kicker. <laughs> there are There is a really good punter slash kicker in this draft, two of them, one from Penn State and one, I want to say, from San Diego State. Yeah, the kid from San Diego State needs to do both. Yeah. Like a 50-yard punting average, and it's like you just got to do one. Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember the last guy that did both. Somebody that came out. And I remember the Saints famously drafted uh, Russell Erksleben in the first round as a kicker and punter. Yeah. And was going to be a backup quarterback. was going to save him roster spots. Yeah. Just being a punter. And I think he's in jail now for securities fraud. So who do the Vikings pick? And does Mel Kuyper sleep tonight? Yeah, and uh, Adrian Amos about to pick is, yes, sir, get it right up front. Don't let the lineman touch me. Uh, the running back who blew his ACL, Hill, I think this is from. It's hard to tell my Apple Watch who exactly they're from. Yeah, Kalen Hill. Loving this defense uh, we building. So, the people in the building understand. I think uh, the, a lot of the fans truly understand them not going wide receiver at 22 or 28 because it would literally be a reach. Mm-hmm. But I know the the ones that tend to call the sports talk, uh, the sports talk shows are going to be whining and complaining and crying that they didn't take a receiver or they didn't, quote, go up and get somebody. And Aaron Rodgers said on uh, Pat McAfee, uh, live on Pat McAfee to the Packers, uh, uh, Devontae Wyatt pick, said he was in communication with people in the building tonight, so he knew they really liked him. Rodgers also referenced value of receivers in second and third round that he's played with. Rodgers said the Packers had first-round grades on six receivers this year, and because they were all gone by 18, he seems understanding they didn't take one. It doesn't seem like, from what I heard, that there is maybe a Justin Jefferson in this draft. Yeah, and, and really, what a, in a way, there's a lot of pressure. If you draft a young man and say, hey, you're a first-round pick, and you've got to replace Devontae Adams, and he had 1,300 yards last year receiving, now go do it. That's got to be an unfair situation to put somebody in, too. I'd much rather get a bunch of them Yeah, let them – Talk about who's the best and who's having a good camp and who's played well this week and and okay, there's another okay, that's another out of Georgia. Georgia. That's a good pick for them. I think uh, uh, their their stud safety um, is getting older, um, so it's a really good pick for them. So did Georgia have five picked? I think. Uh, I think so. Time? Yeah, they had. Uh, they it. had uh, the number Trade one ball. pick. Walker and, and this fellow was the last one, then Wyatt, and then um, Davis. Jordan Davis went. Yeah. So that's a that's quite some big shoes to fill. And then Dean will probably go early tomorrow. Yeah. He'll go quick on the top of the first round. Okay. Well, I 
with the first round over, I think I'm probably going to head to bed as I have uh, court early tomorrow morning for my full-time job. <laughs> I work social work full-time for those wondering why I have court. So I have to get, uh, I have to get that going. So I appreciate you coming on. Uh, my pleasure. Thank you for having the me. First round. Uh, you know, I wasn't, I was surprised that you were uh, willing to come on for the whole show. It actually helped quite a bit because I'm sure people get tired of hearing me talk all the time and brought a ton of knowledge to the, the show as well. So I greatly appreciate well, it. So um, with that said, uh, thank you for those that tuned in. Thank you for those that are going to be tuning in as the show will be podcasted uh, probably tomorrow morning, anywhere you can find a podcast, uh, Spotify, uh, uh, Spreaker, iTunes or whatever. So with that said, hope you have a great night and let's see what round two of the NFL draft has to offer. Have a good one.